Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us here for episode number 216. It is springtime, Monday, March the 22nd, 2021, and we are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata. I'm joined by Michael Spring Fever Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy, diddy. Quinn, we're here. It has arrived. The spring fever. The warm weather will be here shortly if it isn't already in your area. Spring fever. You're sneezing all over yeah. the place. Hay fever. Hay. Lots of hay. Tons of hay. And hey, check us out on Twitter if you haven't yet. You can do that at OVP Podcast on Twitter. What we do there, Quinn, right, is like a dozen clips of wrestling per day drama free wrestling clips the daily dozen it. if you will the daily dozen yeah no drama no drama zero that we don't have it it's not an option we don't even have a dozen of drama no we there's just, no there's drama just a dozen of clips that's it dozen clips a day on twitter at ovp podcast you can also email us if you want to at ovp podcast at gmail.com that is ovp podcast at gmail.com but quinn the best place to talk to you me and hundreds upon hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is where over at um, facebook.com slash hey. Hey. Yeah, hey. So, yeah, hey. Yeah, hey. What goes on over there, Michael? Well, at facebook.com slash hey, they have a search bar right. that you can type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Bing, bang, boom. Tubes, Gorka, Fluey, Pay. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happens when you do that? You hit the join group and you're in. And you're agreeing to one rule and one rule only, which is don't be what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And that basically means don't be a jerk to each other. You can disagree about wrestling until the cows come home. Even uh, once they're home, keep disagreeing if you want to. Just don't throw hay at Just anybody. No hay. All right. Don't be yeah. throwing hay at each other. Some people have allergies. No, but in all seriousness, please don't turn the show off if this is your first time. Uh, you go to the Facebook group and you talk about old wrestling. Just be nice about it. No personal attacks, things like that. It is a fun time and that's on facebook and also if you like ovp maybe you've been listening a few weeks you just uh, started listening to us maybe even a few years and you want more of what we do well we have more of that it's a patreon.com slash ovp podcast we just have two tiers a two dollar tier and a five dollar tier you get the 1983 canon those are really fun and you get the pay-per-view reviews out right now is SummerSlam 92 coming up next for april will be survivor series 92 so again that's patreon.com slash ovp podcast if you want to donate and if you want more stuff but Michael, yes. this season we have been taking things from the lore of retro wrestling from the past. Yeah, lore. Lore. Yeah, a lot of lore. And <laughs> we've been mixing it with some hay. Yeah. And what we've been doing is taking things that might not have the highest public opinion. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, for example, In Your House, It's Time. It's a great pay-per-view. Talked about Sid. Yes. Tony Schiavone recently. He's a, he's a nice man. John Cena last week. Jonathan Cena. Jonathan P. Cena. Yeah. This week, Quinn, it's my pick for OVPs. In defense of All right, Michael. Okay. We're gonna defend something that I don't know if anyone does really. Mm-hmm. So maybe Gino Cuddy. There We're, are people who defend this. <laughs> a couple. This is a man who owned a promotion that he had the chutzpah. He had the gall. The he sure un- had chutzpah. <laughs> the unmitigated nerve to try to compete with Vince McMahon out of nowhere. I'm not talking about Tony Khan. I'm talking about 
Herb Abrams. The original Tony Khan. The original Tony Khan. <laughs> All right, wrestling fans, this is Herb Abrams of the UWF bringing you nonstop wrestling action. <sighs> Herb Abrams is famous, infamous, notorious, if you will, <laughs> for his Universal Wrestling Federation, a name that he scooped from uh, Bill Watts. Not even that, that is original. Like, even the, even the name. Yeah. Even the name is just, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> and he recently, within the last year or so, had a dark side of the ring. Right. It was actually a really well done special. I think we both saw it, right? Yeah, it was It was pretty good, actually. And Herbie died a long time ago. Herbie died in 1996 uh, at the age of 40, I think. So he was a right. young man when he died. But Herb Abrams, folks, if you've never heard of him or if you've never checked out the UWF, just do it. Now, I'm going to be very upfront, Quinn, and I know you'll agree. The UWF is horrible. It sucks. It's really bad. Oh, yes. We're not here to say that it is good. I mean, Zabisco is 245 pounds. I think he's got a 250-pound stomach. There's certainly more, yeah, but there's certainly more than five pounds different in body weight here. It is one of those legendarily bad promotions, like really bad. Really poor. And there's reasons for that, uh, such as the television presentation. It's clipped up. It's chopped up. It's mm-hmm. way over the top. UWF, the Universal Wrestling Federation's Fury Hour. Remember yeah. that video? We reviewed one of their home videos. Yes, they had home videos. It looked like Herb edited that at three in the morning after snorting a few lines on a video toaster. Yeah, it was awful. Here's the thing with all his edits. It always looks like a professional's doing it, but at Herb's direction. That's <laughs> yeah. that's the best I can I can um like literally he's standing next to him at the console and with no like, shirt. With no shirt. Uh, you cut this hair. Uh, cut it right And and then uh, like are you sure this doesn't look right? Yeah. Like, no, this is perfect. You know like that kind of like <laughs> And the poor editor doesn't wind up getting paid anyway cuz right. Herbie was infamous for that. Oh yeah. But here's the thing. Here's what I'm defending about it. Not the wrestling quality. Not the presentation. I'm defending the absolute ambition that Herb <laughs> Abrams had. Right. And, and I guess you could say it was ambitious. It was definitely ambitious. And what he was able to acquire talent-wise and TV deal-wise, it's I absurd. Only, I still, to this day, don't know how he did what he did, <laughs> right. other than just lie through his teeth. And but promises like, he here's the keep. thing. Here's the thing about his lying is that he believed it. That's, that's I think, why he was so effective, if you ask me. He believed in this company. Right, like, he would tell people things, and, like, the way Mick Foley described it, like, because he worked with him a bunch. Yes, he did. Is, is, like, you oddly, like, believed what the, like, you're like, well, he seems, like, so into this. Like, I I think he's not full of shit, right? Like, a lot of people got duped this way, because he was, he was fucking crazy. And everyone liked him. A lot of people liked him. Well, they appreciate, he cared, like, way too much about wrestling. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Total Red Man has ever done something like this to me! I am going to get you once and for all! So here's the deal with him. He was a New Yorker born in Queens, and in the mid-70s, his first connection to wrestling was actually the one and only Bill Apter. Of course it was, because right. anyone in New York, Bill yeah, knows, it's okay, I can help you. He knows everything. I know. <laughs> and uh, eventually he owned a some people might know this, a plus-size women's clothing store. That seems, <laughs> that about, seems about, right. about uh, Herb Abrams' business. Let's put it, it's perfect. Exactly what he would do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, in 1990, he decides to found the Universal Wrestling Federation. Like we said, he found that name from a Bill Watts' previous promotion <laughs> that was bought up by Crockett in 87. He probably saw it once. He's like, I really like that show. He probably tried. Listen, if I know Herb, he probably attempted to buy the UWF, like he probably contacted. 
big fan, big fan. Uh, how much? How much for the name?" And, and he's like, "No, just the name." And then, and then he finds out through like I don't know a secretary or a lawyer, or a friend that they don't like own it or whatever the, the loophole was. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, we'll use it anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And he was somehow able to get a deal with uh, Sports Channel America, which is no longer Sports Channel. I believe it's Fox Sports off the top of my head, to actually get a television show right. weekly. I want to point something out here. Go ahead. I don't think that that's as hard as you think it is back in the early 90s on cable. It might not be. Because sports, who the fuck cared about Sports Channel? On cable. Nobody <laughs> get like, I don't even remember really I think we had it like we had on it. one of those free samplers once. Like it wasn't even one of those. Yeah, I don't it, remember it being consistently there as a kid. It wasn't exactly like it didn't set the world on fire. Yeah, the way ESPN did in terms of sports channels. But like one of the later channels, which back then was like channel like forty something. Yeah, you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean. Like in the thirties or forties. Yeah, it's like wow, that's pretty high up there like, <laughs> in the early nineties. <laughs> so Herbie holds a press conference in the summer of nineteen ninety. And his basic thing is like, I can do this. I'm going to compete with Vince McMahon. Now, mind you, guys like Jim Crockett in the 80s had a hard enough time. Jim Crockett uh, recently passed away, so condolences to his family. But Jim Crockett was a a great promoter, like a real good wrestling promoter. Like actually respected, (laughs) did did like the right thing, ran a decent business. Just got dicked around a lot by Vince and some money issues there. his accountant or whatever, he stole their money. (laughs) Right. And even when Ted Turner bought out uh, JCP in 88, they weren't really competing with Vince on a high level by the early 90s. They were trying to sometimes, and yeah. you know they were great. But Herb Abrams, out of nowhere, from the plus-size uh, women's clothing line, yeah. was like, no, I can do it. And that's one of the things this I guy, appreciate. This guy, that's I think that's the ambition you, you that's appreciate. That's the crux of this, yeah. Is that he really, really thought he could do it. And here's the thing, is that when you think this, when you truly believe this, he's bold enough to be like, Andre the Giant, I'll get him. That's the like, thing. You know what I mean? Like, right. what, like, what the fuck? That's the kind of shit that's, like, really weird about UWF. Right. The real giant is right there. And it's me, Andre the Giant. So right look here. at that, John Stud. This is the only true giant in the world of professional wrestling right here at the UWF. So he has the UWF Fury Hour, which is basically WWF Superstars. Yeah. It is. It's, like, the same template. Same idea. Yeah. Herb himself is on the early ones essentially being the Vince McMahon, the over-the-top, like, crazier. Last week, it was unbelievable with that Orton wonderful match, but this week, we have Nikita Koloff taking on Ivan Koloff. I thought that was really weird and a Sweaty. little bit way too realistic. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, even for back then, it's yeah. like, wait a sec, this guy really is crazy. Yeah, he's like, nuts. That, like, you, that comes, that is conveyed through the screen that you're not seeing a character, you're like, this is what he this is. This is really how he is. Yeah. Uh, and the show sucked, like we said. It, oh, it's bad. Their programming is terrible. There's never clean finishes. It's jittery. Everything's all over the place. Yep. It's annoying. It's poorly produced. But it's on cable. But it's on cable. I want to run down the roster for you. Sure. This is just a sampling of actual names. And you got to remember, this is 1990, 91 into the 90s. So these are all relevant names. Like Quinn said, Andre the Giant. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, he didn't even, like, really... really no. like, and then he, like, left. <laughs> yeah. But it, even just to get him on the show is sort of ridiculous. That's huge! In the 90s. And this is, like, post-WrestleMania 6, but before Andre went back around WrestleMania 7. Yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow. Big name. That's actually a, a really big acquisition back yep. then. Billy Jack Haynes. Again, a name. Mm-hmm. Black Jack Mulligan. Okay. Bob Backlund. Yep. Bob Orton Jr. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Bob Backlund's like an oddly weird get. That's a good but, name, actually. That's a good get in right? 1990. He's yeah. not that old No, yet, he's you know not. I mean? And he's semi-relevant, you know, yeah. semi. 
Boris Zukov. I don't know. Bad. It felt like it. He just wanders all over the place anyway. The Killer Bees. Not, but not bad in <laughs> not like 1990 yep. specifically. Before Jim Brunzel came back with the fucking <laughs> with the striped diaper tights or on all, yeah. the, all the time or whatever he wore. <laughs> Cactus Jack, like we mentioned, Mick worked with him. Cactus Mick, Snack, yeah. Mick liked him. Mick really liked him. <laughs> he knew he was crazy, but he liked him. Now Mick's gimmick is he's crazy. It works with his motif. <laughs> Perfect. One of your personal favorites, Quinn, Colonel De Beers. <laughs> Why do people hire him? <laughs> like, everything about his gimmick is bad. He's never good. The, the Swedish prince, the yeah. fucking... The, 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 the purple panda, whatever yeah, it is. I, uh, it's, it's horrible. And, and on top of it, it aged so poorly that you can't even, like, show any footage of his shit anymore. My favorite thing about uh, Colonel De Beers, as, as a side note, is the fact that he's supposed to be South African and he's just a regular American with a regular American accent. Yeah, That's he doesn't even like pretend <laughs> to even be try. South African. Doesn't even like try. Um, Corporal Kirshner, which I had no idea that <laughs> Herbie landed him, I know. Danny Spivey, not bad, mm. not bad. You like this one, Don Morocco. That's good. That's a name. Ice, ass Man, Butt Butt. Oh, well, King I, Parsons. They're Ash Man. Ash Man. Ivan Koloff. Ivan Koloff. We've seen that. How is I... Ivan Koloff is like a transcendent like person in rest. I don't understand how he like he'll be like fifty, just like I'll kick your ass. I'll like, fucking do it. Yeah, like he just fights everyone. You don't make fun of Koloff. Yeah, Jimmy Snuka. Hey, hey, name name. We're just talking about name. Jimmy Valiant. Jimmy Valiant. Boogie Woogie. Oh, Boogie the Woogie. Boogie yeah. the Woogie. Johnny Ace. Johnny yeah. Ass. Uh, He's no good. Jose Estrada. Jose, ooh, that, mm. <laughs> that's a name. What about Tony Clone? He signed up on this. No, but Jose Luis Rivera did. Oh, Mac. Yeah, Mac was here. Yep. Ken Patera. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lanny Poffo, the genius. Oh, that's weird. In 1990. <laughs> yeah, around that. I guess in between. Because remember, he was not there for a when while. Did, yeah, he got. He was gone for like a couple months yeah. or something. That's all. He was only gone for like three months. Yeah, maybe six, something like that. Yeah. Not a long time. Larry Zabisco. Why would you want him? That guy, you know, anywhere there's an employment opportunity, he, he will he'll wheedle his way in there, won't he? I'm going to come into the UWM and win the time. Shut up. Nobody asked for this. <laughs> Nobody wants to. Yeah. Iron Mike Sharp. Hey. Why the fuck not? <laughs> How is he there? He's like in WWF always. Yeah, but I don't think he had an exclusive deal. You know what I mean? He could just do whatever he wanted. I mean. It was Mike Sharp. What? Ah! I'm surprised nobody tried to make him anything better than he was. I don't think he was capable by yeah. that point, yeah. <laughs> honestly, by 90. Mm. Nikita Koloff. Okay. Nikolai Volkov. Wait, Nikita. Nikita Koloff. You yeah. got the Nikita Koloff. The one and only. Who was in WCW like forever. Yeah, but probably in between. That's what Herb did. Like, it was all like these anytime go- somebody's gone for a minute, they just come to the UWF. Pretty much. I mean, he had Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. Remember? A lot of these people that we're talking about, though, you're. Not honky, but a lot of these people are only were only out of WWF or WCW for like five minutes. Yep, but still, the fact yeah. that Herb was able to lure them in—it's kind of like what Paul Heyman did too. He would do Similar, that shit yeah. if you were gone, if you were like transient, if you were like yeah. in between one and the other, he would get you for a couple weeks before yep. you like went off to the next one. Exactly what he did with Steve Austin. Yeah, Paul Orndorff. Okay, still a big name. Rick Rude. Definitely. Okay. Good name. Ricky Attacky. Just wanted to mention him. Oh, he's on here. <laughs> yeah. Good. How about this one? In 94, he had Sid Vicious. Sid. After the scissors. Oh, so he was on the shit list. He was for on the scissors shit list. Only for like a couple. He got cut from WCW. Stop! Thank you. <sighs> Only for a couple months. Yeah, he's like back in WWF. But he had him. Yeah. It's <laughs> That's the like... point. <laughs> Dr. Death, Steve, oh, Steve <laughs> Williams, my boy. Oh, my boy, Dr. Oh, and JR's other boy, Tara Gordy. I bet you JR knew Herb somehow. Everyone is like Bruiser Brody. 
you should herbs on the phone. Who should who should I get, Jay? Who should I get? You should get my boy, Doctor Death. He's a horse. He's a he's big a son of a bitch. Big horse to sell out the arenas. Big son of a bitch, Conrad. And Terry Gordy. <laughs> Terry fucking Gordy. Terry fucking Gordy, Conrad. Chocolate cake. Anyway, Wendy Richter. Hey. Hey. <laughs> that, that's a good pickup. Hi, Missy Hyatt. <laughs> I'm your host. <laughs> Women's division over here. Yeah. Coach John told How us before he was. Missy Hyatt in this? Like, <laughs> she was an interviewer or something. Yeah, but she's never it not doesn't matter. somewhere <laughs> from, <laughs> until like 1993. Doesn't matter. <laughs> John Tolos. Okay. Before uh, WWF. Uh, Louis Albano, as we know. Yeah, oh, right. He brought, he's Don't you have, the- like, a stake in this company? Like, the way, the, the amount he's on this show. Yeah. I'm here! I'm here to bring out the one giant! Yeah. The true giant! Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Giant! A superhuman being! The 12th wonder of the world! Here he is! Andre the Giant! And, of course, rather famously, Craig DeGeorge. Yeah. Matilda is not here. Matilda. <laughs> and, this is a get. I don't care. Bruno San Martino. That's impressive. Yeah, that's Bruno being mad at like, oh, What the fuck is this? <laughs> fuck WWF. Basically. <laughs> I don't like Vince. I'll do anything for you, Herb. Yeah, yeah. that's Herb Abrams, real moral guy. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a sampling the roster. And the reason I went through that, folks, was not to bore you. Hopefully you were entertained by it. But here's the point I'm trying to make. Most of these names, with the exception of a few that I threw in for fun, like Ricky Attacky. Hey, that's <laughs> a decent pickup. These are all still names with some amount of star power for the early 90s. That's mm-hmm. the point of it. Some went back to WWF or WCW and had good careers. Right. You know, and some were on the downturn. Yeah, like Sid. Like Sid, for example, and Rick Rude went to WCW, right? And Cactus Jack went on and become something. The point I'm trying to make is this wasn't a rinky-dink roster mm-hmm. for this period of time. This is a good roster. And here's the best part. Herb got pay-per-view deals. The pay-per-view... They're embarrassing, though. No, they're horrible. Yeah, they're, they're like really, really bad. There's one. They're like close to that, whatever that the Jake Drunk one is. Heroes. Heroes. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking Legends, but I wasn't sure. And there's one where I, I want to say, because they had a couple. They had the Beach Brawl, which was not on a beach, but it was in a 91. There was brawling, I assume, <laughs> though, right? Yeah. yeah. So they got half of it, right? Yeah. And there was 550 people there. That's nice. And there was a, a buy rate of 0.1. Is this what is the one that infamously it's like it's featured where they were like Herb was insistent they would sell like the MGM Grand or some shit like twenty thousand people? I don't know if it was that one. The the deal with Beach Brawl right was yeah. the five hundred and some person crowd in a four thousand seat place. So okay, that's pretty yep. poor. It's an eighth full. Yeah. And then there was their even a uh, later one. They had another pay per view. I, I don't even know how in ninety. 90- Four. Yeah, they're still kicking. No, right? I know. I know that once you get this to the, the 94 territory where they don't even have TV and they're just doing pay per view, and you're like, "What?" This is the one with the MGM Grand. Yeah, they don't even have TV, right? Yeah, this is the MGM Grand, right? And this is in September of 94 mm-hmm. in Vegas, right? Now this thing, yeah, it seats somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 15, 18,000 people. Okay, 600, 600, <laughs> 600 for Eight. the beach brawl. The main event. Steve Williams, okay. the champion, <laughs> the champion, uh, defeated Sid, yeah, Sid. by DQ. What? <laughs> in the main event. They don't even have TV to resolve that shit. <laughs> I, that what, was uh, the... what the fuck is that? So listen, I'm not at all defending the quality of the UWF. I'm defending and I'm giving my admiration for the fact that Herb Abrams, a virtual no name in wrestling, nobody even knows who he is. Nobody, yeah, was able to get a roster of people, whether by making false promises or, or misleading or whatever he did, was so passionate about it, got cable deals, 
got pay-per-view deals, actually had this company open for like six years somehow. It's insane. It's impressive. And I, it is impressive for you know what what it is, I r- guess. Right. Well, because you think about some of the things that popped up in the early nineties, right? Like Global Wrestling Federation. Good roster, but they didn't have high ambitions, right? They're like, we're kind of the successor to world class. We're gonna run the Dallas Sportatorium, right? That's probably their problem is they didn't have ambition. <laughs> but here's the it's like a double-edged sword, right? Herb has ambition because he's on crack all the time. <laughs> Coke. So, whatever. <laughs> like, the point is, is that he has this ambition because he's on drugs all the time, right? <laughs> on one hand, yeah, you go big, you will get a couple of big things, right? But yes. ultimately, no, it, none of it matters. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, the on the other side is the people that, you know, there's people that weren't ambitious, like for example, Cornette with his Smoky like, Mountain. Smoky Mountain. That yeah. wasn't meant to like take over the world or anything. No, or, same thing with the USWA. Right, right. There's that. Then there's the in between where Paul's like he's sane, but he's also a little crazy. Paul Heyman. Yes, yeah. Paul Heyman. So I feel like ECW is the perfect balance in that case. But Herb is like the other fucking like direction. Like it's yeah. like it's like, no, this is run by an actual crazy person. And on day zero, he's like, Yeah, we're competing with Vince. Yeah. That- oh, this is like this is bigger, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this is bigger than WWF. Obviously. That's why it's called the Universal Wrestling. Oh, yeah, just because he said so. <laughs> right. And don't forget, they had cookies. <laughs> they yeah. sold merch. This is real. Their TV show, like half of it is merch. Oh, that's merch true. Blogs, remember? Oh, they're they're pushing the merch on that get the new jim brunzel shirt you know like, and it's herb like selling it <laughs> oh, like he's the voiceover all sweaty yeah so anyway yes herb abrams lived a very crazy life from the sounds of things uh, obviously died way too young and allegedly in pretty infamous fashion with the well we, we don't want to get into it but let's there might not been, get into there yeah, might let, cocaine involved. there's cocaine and grease and, and stuff and it's, oil not, it's and not good we don't need to get yeah. into all of that so if you've never watched the uwf if you have like 40 minutes to kill, just try it. And maybe you'll actually like something about mm-hmm. it. Quinn and I have tried a few times and we're always open to new things. It's horrible. Oh, it's bad. Let me describe it. If you never listened to one of our reviews, it's very like disorienting to watch. It's, it's, that's my, that's my personal thought. Yep. It's like all over the place. Nothing makes any sense. Like yep. it's, it's very, it's very much edited by a guy on cocaine. It really seems that way. It yeah, really like comes you can across. like feel it. But the shout out here is to that guy that was on cocaine, the ambitious, the gumptuous, brass balls himself. He's going to take on Vince McMahon. Herb Abrams. Herb. We love you, Herb. Herbie. It was uh it's certainly an interesting topic here and uh that's my little defense of Herb Abrams, folks. You can let us know what you think of Herb and the UWF. Do you like anything about it? What do you think? It was was he just out of his mind, or did he, did he really believe this, I think, Quinn, right? Believed it. He really believed in him, folks. We hope uh, you enjoyed this here. Let us know what you think. Do that on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But, Quinn, when we come back, it's Royal Flush time again. That's right. Two names are coming out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. It is the Royal Flush of WrestleMania main events. That's coming up right after this. Everybody's buzzing over the UWF merchandise. Check out these caps. Aren't they cool? Check out this shirt. I like it. Oh, yeah. Look at the biceps on Mr. Wonderful. They're bulging. Hey, look at... Oh, no. Names are spy me. I don't think I'd get this one. Order 
now, 702 Washington Street, Marina Del Rey, California, or call 213-822-4187. We want to introduce you to the perfect magazine collectible for all retro wrestling fans, Inside the Ropes Magazine. Head over to InsideTheRopesMagazine.com and check out the retro magazine that everyone in the business is talking about. It mixes everything you love about pro wrestling with its vibrant colors, detailed features, exclusive interviews, and top quality journalism, all delivered with a retro feel and presentation. Issue 7 of Inside the Ropes Magazine is all about the global phenomenon that changed the wrestling business forever, Hulkamania. Also, they have Part 2 their epic exclusive interview with the legendary Sergeant Slaughter, where Sarge talks about wrestling Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 7, the Ultimate Warrior situation at SummerSlam, becoming the WWF Commissioner, and his first-hand account of what happened that infamous night in Montreal. This issue also takes a deep look into collectibles with the fascinating history of wrestling sticker albums, documenting their evolution over the years and their surprising longevity. You get all this retro goodness and the latest WWE AEW coverage and more in issue 7 of Inside the Ropes magazine. Demand for previous issues is already increasing, so make sure you get this collectible cover with the Hulkster before it's too late. So head on over to InsideTheRopesMagazine.com and use code word OVP for a discount on your first purchase. That's discount code OVP for a discount on your first purchase at InsideTheRopesMagazine.com. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 216. Here on Monday, March the 22nd, 2021. How you doing there, Michael? You're, you're uh, all right? Howdy. Doing okay? Oh, I'm fine. You want to hear about Patreon? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll tell you I like, about it. I like to hear about that. <laughs> okay. Well, we have one, first of all. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And Quinn, from what I understand, maybe you can confirm this for me. We're not trying to like make a lot of money necessarily doing this or get rich. We just want to have an avenue to give people extra content. Yeah, it's all about the additional content. The That's plus right. content. The plus content. Plus size content. <laughs> yes, like Herbie. If you swing it, we will bring it. Now, we only have two tiers. That's it. And you won't shed any tears over our pricing. Uh, mm, we, I see. We have the $2 tier. That's the 1983 Canon. If you don't know what that is, don't miss out. You can check it out for free, the older ones, right here on this podcast feed and on our YouTube channel. But basically, we are going through the entire 1982 and now 1983 week by week on Championship Wrestling. We're getting to the Hulkamania era. Wow. And it's a lot of fun. Don't sleep on it. Check it out. Check out the free ones if you've never heard of You really shouldn't sleep on this. No, stay awake during right. this. <laughs> hit, the, hit the alarm button. That's right. So that's a $2 tier. Okay. Now, the only other tier that we offer is 5 bucks a month. Okay. That's it. Okay. A month. $5 a month. It'll get you the 1983 Canon, but you're also going to get the weekly WWF pay-per-view review. So if you like all those old pay-per-views, you know, starting with the first WrestleMania, you want to hear what we think about it, you want to hear them reviewed in the OVP style, you get one every single month in order. Like we said, Quinn, out right now, SummerSlam 92. Mm. The SummerSlam you thought you'd never see. I, I didn't. <laughs> until Well, I kind of did because I was like waiting for it. You but figured you'd but see it. That, that's Listen to the show. You'll understand. The SummerSlam you, you pretty much figured you'd see. Right. And, uh, coming up next month, Quinn's personal favorite, Survivor Series 92. Well, yeah. You know, I will say this. A little less Survivor Series in my Survivor Series is always a plus. A little more Santa Claus yeah. with Bret Hart. Mm. <laughs> Stay tuned. A little more decline, a lot less Survivor Series. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. And it's only five bucks a month for all of that, folks. Okay, so you get all of that content at patreon.com slash OVP podcast this is if you like what we do and you want more of it or you want to support us we make it very easy for you it's very affordable if you want to support us and if you want extra content 
And if you just are content listening to the free show every week, we appreciate that too. Thank you for being here. You decide what you want to do. Give it a shot. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Michael. Yes. Royal flush time. It's flush time. It is time for the stink factor. Oh, the stink factor. It's coming yeah. back. This is, this is where we judge the stink factor. That's correct, Quinn. Now, if you're new to the show and you're wondering, what is this royal ranking? What royal is the flush? stink factor? Yeah, what is the stink factor? Well, each season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, over on our Facebook group to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, it was WrestleMania main events. It is March. It's WrestleMania season. You know, this will be appropriate, if yeah, you will. Right? Well, I mean, we're always appropriate. We're always very time sensitive <laughs> on this old always podcast. On this live show. Yeah. Um, and our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he takes all of your votes and puts them into two separate tanks. One has the best. One has the worst. And at the end of the season, we rank these. And by the end of the season, what you're going to have is the definitive OVP organic non-GMO baptized certified, certified USDA certified organic and healthy. Best and worst WrestleMania main events of all time. That's a lot of things. (laughs) It is, Quinn. Now, this is a flush week, which is the worst. So that means we're going to take two names out and we're going to put them on the board. Total shit. (laughs) The worst WrestleMania main events you could think of. That's right. Let's run down what's on there right now. There's four on the board. Two more are going to join us. At number one, which is the worst, is The Miz versus John Cena at WrestleMania 27. Wow. Wrestle 27. And the main reason that's on there, Quinn, is because uh, The Rock was the one that was the focus of the end. It's one of those things where I can't even blame Miz and Cena. It's because of this horrible (laughs) Rock-Cena angle that started and wouldn't fucking go away for like two Two years. years. It's horrible. (laughs) Number two, Undertaker, Roman Reigns, WrestleMania 33. Very bad. That's all I have to say about it, poopy. We got an email recently that that could have been number one, and I do agree with that, but just Mm -hmm. the way the ranking happened. Uh, Number three, Undertaker, Sid, WrestleMania 13. Yeah, you got that outfit from (laughs) (laughs) Number four, Triple H making an appearance on the board here uh, versus Randy Orton, WrestleMania 25. I really don't have a problem with this, personally. It's not horrible. The angle was much better than the match, though. The angle's hilarious. The angle was great, and then they just go out and have a chinlock match. It's like a blood feud, and then they're just doing rest holds. It's like they picked the wrong style match. <laughs> yeah. Like that should have been the like raw like, like a couple months before thing. Right, right. You know what I mean? Build to that. Anyway, those are the four names on the board now. We're gonna pull two more names out of the tank and see where they rank, but before we do that, we must go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Come on! Come on, you yellow belly! Come on! Lucy's not your dog anymore. And this is Cena! The Undertaker and Psycho Sid for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Oh, what a right hand by Ronnie Piper and knocked Mr. T's mouthpiece right out. the royal flush <laughs> never gets old never gets old wrestlemania main events the worst of the worst okay, we're gonna Horrible. turn the toilets hey, down right. hey chill toilets we're gonna come okay oh okay. are they done are they done they're done now okay. i think oh okay now quinn we often talk when we do the rankings about a good wrestlemania main event that means it's something you want to see it's memorable yeah it's a good moment you might not know who's gonna win it's the culmination of a storyline what's a bad one um, I don't care about it. Okay. The story's t- 
terrible. Okay. There, there's a lot of those. Could the match be terrible too? The that's match a factor. could be terrible, but that's um, less important. That that's a less important stinkage factor than <laughs> some of this other stuff. Because here's the thing. Look at our royal rankings list. Like Andre and Hogan is number one. Right. It's, and, it's not the greatest wrestling. So like the wrestling matters. It, it does can, matter. like enhance yeah. or it can lessen your stinkage, especially if it's like a bad match. Right. But I don't know. It's not the number one criteria. So just yeah. to, to be clear here, in case this is your first time or you don't remember us saying it, this is not just talking about wrestling quality. It's talking about the whole Everything that encompasses a WrestleMania main event, the mm-hmm. reason that it's happening, the build to it, the story surrounding it, the execution of everything, right? which does include the match, but it's not the entire factor, okay? We have to take it all into account. We have to take it all into account, and right now we're going to uh, bring a new one in and take that into account. Let's go down to the fans and find out who drew number five. No! Shut up, you fat! Oh, Hogan Sid, WrestleMania 8. Hmm. This to me is the has the dubious honor of um being one of the the real first Hogan main events that was just like, what the fuck is he doing here? Like, why is he here? Yeah, you know, you what? know what I mean? Yeah. We've talked about this before, you know, how a lot of people say, and I'm not gonna disagree with anyone right now. That it could have been Hogan Flair, and that's fine if you think that. That's okay. I wouldn't think any of these things. If even just if it was Hogan Flair and the match stunk, I wouldn't think these things because the two names alone, right, would just make it a great WrestleMania match. Totally get that, and I get what they did with the Hogan Sid angle. I do appreciate that. You know, Sid was a big face coming in. Oh, we got to the Royal Rumble. Hogan was a big asshole there, right? Because what happened, folks? And I'm sure you're familiar, but just a quick recapper here at the Royal Rumble, Hogan. Sid and Flair were the last three people in the 92 Rumble for the vacant WWF title. It got to the point where it was Flair and Hogan near the ropes. Now, it's every man for himself, Quinn, am I right? Yeah, allegedly. Are there any friends? There, it's all foes. Just, just only, foe. Only the foes. That's the rules. They've been saying this now since 1989. Right. Just foe. Right, yeah. No friend. So Sid does what any person that wants to win the match would do. He dumps out whoever he can. Right, yeah. It happens to be Hogan. Mm-hmm. Sorry! <laughs> Yeah, he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Hogan's done that plenty of times to other people. I think Sid was like a face in that match. Correct. He was already a face to begin with. Yeah, so he's like, oh, you know, I can get anybody out of me. It could have been Ric Flair. Yeah. Like, he, it just, didn't, he just happened to be Hulk happened Hogan. Happened to be Hogan, right? And looking from behind. Oh, Justice got rid of Hulk. Uh-oh. I don't like the looks of things now. Hogan freaks out like a dog that lost his bone. Yep. He is just, oh, oh my god, brother. Oh, you know? He starts like demanding to the refs that he should get back in because it was like, well, he I didn't see him. Yeah. Like, you know, like That's like his logic. Right. He snuck up on me or whatever. Like, oh, shit. Well, that happens to fucking everyone in the Royal Rumble. Like, F you. Hogan is such a baby at the end of that he shit. And the, and the fact that he got them to like rewrite history on that clip on like primetime or whatever that was. Yeah, which I'll get to in a second. So. It's horrible. So, so Hogan starts grabbing at Sid to try to pull him out. Yeah, what? What is that about? And How's that fair? Right. And uh, Flair, who again just wants to win the thing, he comes up from behind and tosses Sid with Hogan's help. Yeah. So Hogan, the big hero, is helping the heel Ric Flair win the world title. Thanks. Thank you. Then, like Quinn's alluding to, when they did any kind of a replay on Superstars <laughs> so or anything bad. like that, they had Gorilla and Bobby, and I know a lot of you know this, but for the sake of those who might not, they had Gorilla and Bobby go in and <laughs> redub the commentary with as much enthusiasm as they possibly could from the original, right? Yep. 
and they change the crowd noise so everyone cheers Hogan. It's not only that though. It's like Gorilla Link <laughs> talks about how like Sid was uh, wrong. Sid, Sid was wrong, and like look, he snuck up yeah. on him. Yada yada yada. Yeah, like oh like, uh, yeah, every man for himself, but be a man and face the guy. Like, yeah, he start, he changes like his logic about how it's like unfair or whatever. <laughs> what what are you talking about? In the original thing, he's just like oh he's out. Or yeah, he didn't it, care. He was just like well that's tough shit. It's the like rules. that's the way it goes, right? And he said, every man for himself, but yes, be a man and face the guy. At least turn around and let him look in your face when you dump somebody out. And anyway, we don't get Hogan Flair. We know that. We know why that Hogan was going to take time I mean, off. It's a contributing factor to why this sucks. <laughs> it's part of it. To its stinkage, if now, you will. <laughs> to the stinkage. I want to give Sid, and, uh, Sid mainly here, a lot of credit. Sid is, as we've talked about, he had his own defense segment earlier in the season. Sid builds this match very well with very fun promos. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The papers at the press conference, the I curse you at yeah. WrestleMania. Hogan's his usual self. He's I fine. mean, going in. Like, the buildup is not the worst it's I've ever bad. heard. Honestly, my biggest problem with this match is two things. One, it's this, like, Hulk Hogan and Vince on, like, the all star wrestling set or whatever. Like, <laughs> all American all, set. Whatever it is. For and the March to WrestleMania 8. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like, Hulk Hogan, what are you going to do? And, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't you can't, know if I you can can't leave it. us to make Mr. Nanny rough stuff, whatever. You can't do this. Don't don't go Hulk. And he's like, I'll only know when I know or whatever. It's like, like the, the vague answer. Are you going to retire? Then I hear on the other side of the coin, are you going to be able to get by Sid Justice? When I sit here and actually think about my last match at WrestleMania, it chills me to the bone. And then meanwhile, like all that's happened, the whole show is like, it might be Hulk Hogan's last match, man! Possibly, we're not sure. Like every show up to it, MSG, yeah. like at the event, like it's that's all they're talking about. It's like the next paper rewards, Mister Perfect, Mister. Like yeah. it's the same. Like they're focusing on like this one aspect. And meanwhile, but, Hogan's like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it could that, be, but the, I don't know. The next factor is the end of the match, where like Papa Shango gets involved. What does he have to do with this? Like, I don't know. Yeah, Whippleman doesn't even manage him. I don't get why he's there. So Papa Shango shows up, and then Ultimate Warrior makes the save or whatever. It's just, like, all this, like, extra junk that has nothing to do with anything that's going on with this. Yeah. See, I appreciate a Hogan match where he's got the odds stacked against him or he's fighting someone bigger than him. I know that's what they were going for. And I think Sid is a very charismatic, very imposing opponent But they didn't care about any of that. It wasn't about Sid. It was about... Oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to retire. Right. Like, that's like all it was. And then it's a DQ ending, right. which at the end of your WrestleMania kind of sucks, right? Was that unprecedented? Yeah, it must have been unprecedented, it sucks, right? But at the same time, it's like, here's the here's the deal. I, I think they did make up for it a little bit with the Ultimate with Warrior. The Warrior. People went home happy. They were like, whoa, Ultimate Warrior's here, and he's back with Hulk Hogan. They're going to kick some ass. Oh, no, because Hulk Hogan's got to make a movie. Right. And the reason, obviously, that Hogan didn't pin Sid clean is because at that point, I mean, they still had big plans for Sid. He wasn't supposed to have left, but he did a few weeks later. God, imagine if he stuck around for at least SummerSlam, then we wouldn't have this fucking nonsense. With Mr. Perfect, yeah. that you hate, um, which you can check out on I our guarantee review. you that wouldn't have been, I guarantee the Ultimate Warrior would have faced Ric Flair, Macho Man would have rematched Ric Flair. Or I'm sorry, Ultimate Warrior would have faced Sid. Sid. Yeah. Or Undertaker might have fought Sid. They might have held that over to pay-per-view because that was one of the feuds going on. Yeah, but anyway. If Sid was there, that would have really fixed SummerSlam. Absolutely. Now, to Hogan's credit, and the Hoosier Dome, he was very much over. There's mm-hmm. no disputing that. Like, even though Hulkamania was dwindling by 92, he was still very over. Obviously, on the pretext of this being his last match, maybe, 
Mm-hmm. Remember that Possibly. Press, remember that like dinner that they show on the call scene? He's like, I'm not tired. I'm just bored, brother. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I also remember that your clothes suck. Who, who did Vince McMahon pick them out? <laughs> yeah. Like Rick the Model Martel. That's a lot of we- weird stuff at those like this like pre like pre-fan fest. Pre-fan fest, yeah. fan fest thing. Let's say dog in now. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, Hogan's kind of like a jerk. He's like, I'm just bored, brother. I'm not tired. I'm not hurt. I'm just bored, brother. I'm yeah, gonna go make you know a movie. what? This WF sucks. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's like, wow, what a, be- what a great representative. This is supposed to be your last match, and he's like not selling it at all. He's no. like, I'm gonna make a movie. Because he, you know, in you know, in the back of his head, he knows he's gonna be back. Yeah. Because his his movie curse sucks. <laughs> like if you if you step back from it objectively, it's like this guy that makes Mister Nanny and like. Suburban Fucking Commando's a hit, Quinn. Come on now. That's a cult favorite. Three Ninjas movies. That's later. Like, <laughs> he was like, he's hair. A, so when he has the hair. Yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's like, the, he's the, it's like the third Three Ninjas or something. Yeah, the they're in like no a cares about. fucking like water park or yeah. something. I don't know. It is, though. It is. So we get to the match. And like I said, Hogan is very much over. Sid's imposing. It's almost like the crowd doesn't want to boo him. They just don't react really at all yeah. for Sid. Because he's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And he's got Whippleman, which doesn't help. But I guess, you know, friends, that's what friends are for. That was mainly just to start the Harvey um, Fink feud. I feel like that was the main <laughs> aim of that. That was the whole point. Yeah. Long game. Yeah. And it's a heatless match, Quinn. That's yeah. my main problem with it. It's like maybe Sid's trying. I can't tell with him. But it doesn't look like Hogan really has his heart in it. And like it feels he, like Sid's into it, but Hulk maybe. isn't. Yeah. And like you were saying, it's the first time for a Hogan WrestleMania main event where it's just it's not good. No. It's just and, and not you might good. say, well, what about King Kong Bundy? That's, but that, that's good. It's fine. It's got a good it, angle around it. It's like it's the Hogan House show experience in nineteen eighty six. Pretty basically. much. Yeah, like, on a bigger right, scale. They're just they're just kinda it's a, basically an advertisement for come to the fucking house shows. You yeah. might you get to see blood in a cage and shit. Yeah, and that's not bad. I yeah. mean, this is definitely for the first uh, eight WrestleManias. I don't want to count four because that's like a three minute Andre Hogan like storyline match, but this is definitely the worst one. Yeah. And for me, the, the main problem, Quinn, is the lack of like heat. I mean, Hogan is just not himself in this. Yeah. He's great at seven against Slaughter. Because well, he just won't know, Joe, until he, he gets done with the match if he's going to stay. I know. And it's just not convincing. Mm-hmm. The, none of this is convincing to me. I like Sid. I have no problem that they did this match at WrestleMania 8. You I think get he it. would be like, I don't know, more fucking outraged right, or something. Right. Like, like he got fucked, but he didn't get fucked. Yeah, like, yeah I know. That's the other I think that's the, the source material stinks. It's like, no, Hulk was the dick here. He yeah, pulled if, out Sid. That's the thing. If Sid would have eliminated Hogan, I, or if Sid, if they would have pulled him out, yeah. yeah. Why didn't he just do it in the re- like? It I, seems really simple. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, to me, it's just not. It falls flat. Right. It falls very flat. It's not an anti-Hogan thing. I like Hogan yeah. for the most part. Not an anti-Sid thing. And it's not like oh they should have done Hogan Flair. I get it. It just is flat, right? It's yeah. just a flat. Unsatisfying main event. I don't really care about it, and we already got like two good matches on that show. Yeah, two really good matches: Piper Brett and uh, Savage Flair. It says a lot too, Quinn, when the highlight of your Hogan main event is the Ultimate Warrior returning after. Yeah, you know, and that's good. I like that. I mean, we like the Ultimate Warrior. There's yeah. no issue there. But this—that's not part of the match technically. Right, yeah. right? It can't really factor in. So, mm-hmm. okay, that's it on Hogan. Said it's I, just- there's not much to say on it other than it's just. It's flat and disappointing. It's flatter than your seltzer when you leave it out for a few days, this folks. This seltzer's already flat that I'm drinking right here. <laughs> Raspberry lime, by the yeah. way. By the way, pick up the uh, C. Howard scented gum. It's a little bit different than the don't, vile candies. Don't push that on there. It's good. It tastes good. I don't like it. All right. Let's. Uh, speaking of the stinkage, why don't we find out, folks, who drew number six? 
help, you idiot! Jesus! Lucy! Hold on, hold on, girl, okay? The Lucy match. Yes, the Lucy match. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's uh, Triple H versus Chris Jericho at 18. Yes. Which you may be like, wait a second, there's Rock Hogan 18 on the rankings. Why is that here? I, yeah. thought, there's, I thought there's only one main event well, in the show. We allowed some eligibility for certain matches that didn't go on last, and Rock Hogan, I think, deserves to be in the main event caliber, but technically, Chris Jericho Triple H was a main event. Woof. Woof. The background on this is actually decent. Chris Jericho, who had come to the WWF in 99, basically as WCW Jericho. Right. Christopher P. Jericho. Correct. Um, he came in and he, uh, he, he was kind of dumpy at first. And then like after about a year, they were like, oh, he's good now. Right. And then he, there was some kind of thing where like The Rock and, and Stone Cold, there was like some kind of tournament thing where like essentially it wasn't really a tournament as much as like a playoff. Yes. And by the end of the night, we would find out who would be the undisputed have the WCW and WF belt, That's right? That's correct, yep. And Chris Jericho was the man to beat not only The Rock, but Steve Austin in the same night at yeah. the same show. The playoff. I, call, the playoff. I like to call it the playoff. They, didn't, the they playoff. didn't say that, but essentially that's what it was. It was. It's like two conference championship matches yep. and, a, and a, a Super Bowl. Yep. So Chris Jericho, who had mainly been, a, he came in as a heel and then he was a face for a while in 2000. And obviously had that notable angle with Triple H in the spring of 2000 where he won the title, but Earl fast counted, so they reversed yeah, it. Yeah, Which they was a great moment. The, they always kept him in the mix. Always in the mix. Always well-regarded, right? But had, this was, that was his big moment at, at December Armageddon or something. Yeah, whatever it was called yeah. in December of 01. Meanwhile, Triple H in May of 01 had torn his quad mm-hmm. for the first time. And he had been a heel at the time, teaming with Steve Austin as a two-man power trip, right? which is a stupid name. And it was a stupid thing because Triple H could have been the face against Austin, but let's not get into that now. So he's out for like eight months. And then in January of 02, they start promoting, oh, he's coming back. He's fucking coming back, oh, everybody. Yeah. And, and don't they show like a bunch of workout yes. videos or something? It's like, look at how good he works out <laughs> with his quad and stuff. Look at my quad. Uh, he makes his big return, wins the 2002 Royal Rumble. Big face. He went through these months of hell just to make it back. When many said he'd never make it. And now Triple H is going to WrestleMania. Because that's what I want. I want big steroid face Triple H. I remember like JR being like, oh my like, God. So, way too emotional. Way when he went, too much. It's like, I came back from the injury. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Triple H, a cerebral chef. <laughs> like, he's so good or whatever. You know what I mean. Wait, JR, does that mean that he won the Royal Rumble? So, JR, wait, does that mean he won so he's going to fight? Chris Jericho at, at WrestleMania? That's exactly what it means. King, the best wrestler ever, cerebral assassin. Bad God. Exactly. Sorry. Please keep listening. And anyway. That's really what happened. That though. is what happened. So Jericho's a heel by now. And Jericho is, is a good heel. We all, I think most people will agree that Chris Jericho is very good fighting from underneath babyface and can also be a very good, annoying, sneaky ass, pain in the ass heel, right? Okay. Here's, can I? He's can good I, at both. No, he's good at these things. Go ahead. Here's the problem. Yeah. Is that very quickly, I don't remember what, I know that there was like tons of vignettes and backstage shit that eventually led to the final outcome that Stephanie does no, long, no, no longer likes Triple Horse anymore, <sighs> yeah, right? Triple Horse, like, yes. Something with Kurt Angle and back rubbing and no, stuff. No, that was earlier, that was earlier. But, but didn't that, wasn't that like foreshadowing maybe, or something? Yeah. Yeah, what we, ha- what we get here, this is how we build this match. Yeah. Stephanie and Triple H, who were uh, romantically linked, 
They were marrying because yep. remember the time Triple H drugged yeah, her and they, what a, what a great basis for but marriage. She, but she was really in on it or something anyway because she turned heel. Like we don't yeah, know. She was fucking with her dad. And by the way, none of this was Vince Russo before we start blaming yeah. him. This is after <laughs> this him. Is actually their, so their entire down. canon is not Vince Russo. Yeah, it's not Vince Russo, bro. So anywho, we get to uh, the build to this match. And for whatever fucking reason, Stephanie decides to like get divorced or wants to get divorced from Triple H. And we're supposed to care. Right. I don't. These two assholes. <laughs> yeah. These like, two fucking dicks like, over the last like two years. They're horrible. Like what did Triple H do in his off time that turned him face? I don't know. He was a heel he when he worked left. out hard, Joe. And JR was <laughs> well, excited well, about it. Well, then Tony Legday should like him, and he hates him. Yeah. He fucking hates him. Yeah, this is actually the tailor-made Tony Legday yeah. angle, right? He's it's literally like, working on you, his leg. If you work out on your leg day very good, you should be liked. <laughs> That's like what, essentially what the story they're telling here, right? This is going to be a good one, because Tony... Tony can tell us why he hates Triple H and I'm all for it. So <laughs> this will be fine with me. I want the rant. I want it. So anyway, we decide that that's a good way to build a world title match is a divorce angle. Right. Not only that, apparently they have this dog. Right, Lucy. Which, Lucy. Can I just say with the dog, just on an aside, we never heard about this dog <laughs> at all. Right. Like before this like one raw. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we never heard of it, right? We didn't even know they had a dog. And honestly, when I heard they had a dog, I felt like they, like they were more humanized in a weird way. And I was like, oh, I didn't know they had a dog. That's nice, right? And, and that's supposed to be the crux of the angle now. Yeah. It's like, so Triple H is like, this is my dog, Lucy. I really love her. Real life. Yeah, what the fuck? It's like, I've, al- I've always had Lucy. Um, I didn't really tell you guys about it on TV because right. I didn't want. You know, Lucy didn't want any of the, the fame. Yeah. Like she, 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 she wanted to stay she on the She just likes light. to eat her Alpo at home and just, we we just let her do the thing, right? And then we get vignettes of Stephanie insulting the dog. Right. <laughs> it's like some Jimmy Hart shit. Right. You are the ugliest, smelliest, fattest dog I've ever seen in my life. And I feel like this all unfolds under one Raw, basically. Like, yeah. for some reason, Lucy comes to Raw. I don't right. know why. Lucy comes to Raw. Lucy comes to Raw, I'm right? I'm surprised and, Craig DeGeorge didn't follow her there. Right. So Stephanie, <laughs> she's like watching Lucy or something. Yeah, and like she fucks up and like they leave the dog chained to like so that she can take a piss or I don't know what they're doing. Like in the parking lot and a car runs it over, right? <laughs> yes. Because Stephanie wasn't looking. And and let's not forget that there was also a thing where Stephanie said she was pregnant. Oh yeah. There's that too. This is all unnecessary to lead up to this. It's just like it's just like it's not even it's not even that dastardly. It's like legitimate things that a couple would agree about, which makes it even worse. I know. Like you know what I mean? Like they don't even portray like Stephanie's pretty shitty, but it's the things that she does to break up with Triple H are just very marital and like very normal. He's not so nice either, though, because he uh, he has her Corvette and then he like gives her half, literally half of the car. This is wrestling, folks. I don't I mean, like this for the no, record. This is really it's, shitty. It's all bad. It's like stories from divorce court turned up to like a hundred. <laughs> right. And obviously, um, Stephanie aligns with Chris Jericho. That's the ultimate point here. Mm-hmm. She aligns with Jericho, who spent the better part of 2001 calling her really immature nicknames. Right. So this is why I think this is even stupider. I feel like, honestly, the natural person that Stephanie would go to is Kurt Angle after the like, yeah, because that was a lot better. Yeah. That whole thing was right? better. So she goes to the person who has made fun of her incessantly since he's been in the <laughs> yeah. WWF. Like, just a total fuck to her. <laughs> right, right. Right. Like, like tr- Chris Jericho, of yeah. all people. Of like, all people. 
the slimy, whatever he's called. I don't know. Like he a lot go, of things. Yeah. Now you know what my biggest problem is with the whole feud and the whole point. Forget the match even happening yet. And I probably said this before when we talked about Triple H versus Orton. I don't care about Triple H as a face that yeah. has to like beat some odds. It's, I also don't care about Triple H's personal life. Yeah, I really no, don't. No offense. The best casting, in my opinion, for Hunter Hearst Helmsley is as a total dickhead heel. Right. That like you just want to see get his ass kicked. He's great in that role, like 2000 Triple H or final boss Triple H. Mm-hmm. But the, the sudden urge to have him be like the number one face of the company taking on a much smaller underdog style, the guy that was able to like somehow beat the odds and beat Austin in the, and the rock in the same right. night. And that guy's the heel. Yeah. It just doesn't work for me. The, I hate the whole it. Pre- yeah. The whole premise doesn't work. So anyway, we get to the match and obviously WrestleMania 18 in the sky dome was known for rock Hogan. If nothing else. Yeah. It's known by for the time rock we Hogan. get to this. Nobody gives a shit anymore. No, they had one cool down match in between. It was jazz defeating triple, uh, triple H <laughs> jazz. defeated yeah. Triple H. Remember when jazz did that? <laughs> you know, jazz. jazz is still wrestling. She's good. Yeah. Uh, she defeated Trish Stratus and Lita Lita in a triple threat for the women's championship. It seems like it should be a bigger deal than it is. Yeah, but it's 2002, so it's yeah. not. Yeah. It was before Trish and Lita had that match on Raw that like changed the thing or whatever. Changed the dynamic <laughs> yeah. of the endless feud. Yep. And then we had Triple H versus Jericho. Who cares? And I'll be honest, it's a, it's a good match. It's fine. Yeah. It's I mean, fine. it's two professionals fighting. A- absolutely, That's right? Like, it's not about the match here. No. It's about the like... The angle is so poor. And the, and the whole concept, like I said at the beginning, where JR <sighs> is like... Our cerebral surgery. He is so good. <laughs> he came back from the injuries. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's going on and on about how Triple H is so good. Meanwhile, like, I swear, like, a couple months ago, I was like, Triple H is a piece of shit. Correct. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. a dastardly asshole. Now, I know JR just being a company man, but it's, like, very overbearing to hear yeah. how he's really fawning over Triple yeah. H. And this is really in my mind, Quinn, where the Triple H is. Like they act like he's better than he is. That's where this starts. It's 2002. Oh, this is exactly where it starts. It's like, no, no, no. Like you should have respected him, right? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? He was so good, right? That one time, he's the best wrestler we have. He is the best. Triple H. And, and meanwhile, like the rocks still and Stone Cold yeah. is there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> so the Sky Dome doesn't really care that much about this, obviously, because they've just seen Rock Hogan. Right. That's what they were there to see. Because as per usual, Triple H is not the best wrestler on the on the roster. He very rarely, he never, if he, ever, is, right? I can't think of a time where he was. 2000? I'm not even joking about 2000. that. 2000. Yeah. Especially he was when, the hottest wrestler for most of 2000. And honestly, you know what really stole his thunder, ironically? His best friend Shawn Michaels coming back in like two thousand two. Yeah, no, I know. Like all of a sudden, it was like, nah. Uh, it's very obvious that Shawn Michaels is the greatest wrestler on this roster. Which, by the way, Quinn, that's only a few months after this. Yeah, Triple H goes back to being an uh, awesome, hateable heel, right? And it works. Yeah, exactly. But he, here, it's like best guy ever. My God, King. Yeah, you know, and that's it. Doesn't work. Does it work? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. He wins. Only half the crowd, if that cares. No one gives a shit. Great. Triple H is your champion. He'll lose it to Hogan in a month anyway. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I know. Like, I have to, I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. That's my main problem with it, Quinn, is I just don't care. Right. And don't blame Triple H for going on last because 
Listen, it's 2002. He doesn't have that much pull. No, he's and- not. He's not. It's not now. Nowadays, no. Triple H. Like even as much as everyone wants to, say, wasn't even. Was he not even dating Stephanie for real yet? I think it started around this time. Yeah. Um. But they did. They kept it a secret from everyone yeah. for a while. Like that, that. I've heard that. How they like. There's always these stories how they really, right. really met. Not how they. You yeah, know, obviously storyline. Yeah, they that, they weren't dating while they were like fake married no. or whatever. And even Jericho and Triple H themselves both say like, "Hey, we didn't want to follow Rock Hogan, right?" But Vince wanted the title on last, so there it mm-hmm. is. So there you have it, folks. It's just not very good. It's yeah. just not. It's flat. It's stinky. Another one that's no good. Yeah. Well, speaking of the stinky, let's run them down, Quinn. It's ranking time again. Number one, Ms. Cena, twenty-seven. Right. Two, Undertaker, Roman Ryhands from a thirty-three. Ryhands, that's his last name. <laughs> Ronald Reigns. Yeah. Number three, Undertaker Stid from thirteen. Mm-hmm. And number four, Horse versus Orton from twenty-five. Where do you think Hogan Sid belongs here, Quinn? Hmm. Is I it- think it's worse than Triple H Orton. Do you Under- really? Yeah. I. It's just so disappointing. Like, of all the classical WrestleManias, I don't like this one the most. Is it because of this? this? To me, also, is the last classic WrestleMania. Nine is when things change. So. Nine is a very short-lived, very bizarre era. Yeah, th- that's why I'm saying, of, of, like, the first eight WrestleManias, to me, that's, like, the golden WrestleManias, like, the ones that I associate with the yeah, 80s Hogan era. Hogan era. Yeah, yeah. This is the, the... This main event, particular for Ho- particularly for Hogan, even compared to the King Kong Bundy, which is, like, the second worst, this one's just this so is the worst flat one. and worst disappointing. Yeah. yeah, it it's, is. It's like it's just what is this? There's no heat, really. There's yeah. no fire. There's no intensity. There's no believability. But Triple H Orton Quinn, that match is very, uh, it's very exhibition style. Even though right? it's like but, a blood feud but, with break-ins and kicking people's that's, dads. That's what I think edges it out. I think I like okay. the build-up to this a little bit better. Surprisingly, okay. Even Sid with the papers and all that shit, I still find. The whole build up to Triple H versus Orton very amusing. It's great like, I, like no, it's, it's well done. Like all things considering, like it's not. It is for like a more modern angle. Yeah, which we say modern. It's like fifteen years old or something. Like <laughs> it's almost. not even modern anymore. The getting there was really good, and the yeah. the Triple H Orton match again. It's acceptable. It's not yeah. great though. Well, okay, then we can move uh, Hogan Sid beyond that, but we got to go to Undertaker Sid now. What do you think? At least that one's for a title. Yeah, Undertaker Sid, right? So does that make it better than Hogan Flair? In my, I mean, Hogan said in my mind it does. Um, I mean, the yeah, match is worse probably. Mm. But it's Undertaker's big. Nothing really happens at the end of the Sid one. You mean Undertaker Sid? Yeah, Undertaker. Sorry, there's two Sids. Yeah, but Undertaker <laughs> Sid. Yeah. So I think Undertaker Sid is a worse match. Right. But it's a more interesting match to me anyway. I would say they're both bad matches. They're they're but- they're both bad. But at least with Undertaker Sid, it's for the world title. Mm-hmm. It has a clean finish, kind of. Bret Hart's kind of like, you know, I don't like fuck, fuck both of you. Right. <laughs> but besides that, it's a classic way to end a WrestleMania, right? Which do you think is the better Sid WrestleMania main event? Better wrestling match? No, just in general. That's, I think, what we're deciding here, essentially. I like Sid better at eight, but I think that the better thing overall is Undertaker Sid. And I know I, that that sounds crazy. I but- really weirdly agree with you. Yeah. The match is bad, yeah. Undertaker Sid. It, it's very bad, but it's a it's a classic like title change at a WrestleMania to end the show. It's very vanilla. Let's put it that yeah, way. It's, it's very good. like it's it's, it's bad. very like you kind of. I think even then I knew Sid was dropping the title. Yeah, here. so did I. Like it was just like no, it's the Undertaker's time or whatever. But that's okay sometimes. Yeah. That really is. There's nothing this wrong Hogan with that. This Hogan Sid thing is more confusing. Like what even the fuck is this? Well, the finish sucks. Yeah, the premise, like we said, is poor mm-hmm. because. 
Sid really didn't start out by doing anything wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Okay, I'll elevate it. I think it stops there, though. I think Undertaker Roman is an abomination because no one wanted it. No. You know what I, I mean? Agree. It, it's it's not a very good match wow, either. That's a high shitty rank for uh, Hogan. Well, it's, it's, Sid. It does stink. It, it stinks. It's nothing against Hogan or Sid. It's just it's poor. Yeah. We watched it recently. Like, we had to pay attention to the whole thing. It was just like nothing. It's flat. It's yeah. just very boring. There's it's nothing very to it. Yeah. Okay. Fair Under, enough. Undertaker Roman, though, Quinn, do we both agree that like when the crowd just doesn't I don't, care I, at I all. I hate that. I hate all of it. You're doing something wrong. That's it's a really bad match. It's really bad. And like we were written recently, I forget who it was. Who wrote us that email recently? Tom Thurston. Tom Thurston wrote us recently and said, you know, made some very good points about uh, why Undertaker Roman could be number one. And I don't disagree with them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's just not how we ranked it. But yeah, I think Sid Hogan uh, stays under Undertaker Roman. I don't remember Undertaker Roman personally being like the worst match I ever saw. Wrestling wise, yeah. no, but it's also not good. No. And, but the main thing is no one wanted to see that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and the point of a WrestleMania main event is you want to put on something the fans care about. I don't think Ms. Cena was really lighting up the no, God, switchboards that's bad either, no, though. It's all so, bad. Yeah. That's why they're on the flush. Yeah. All right. So that's going to be a number three. Yeah. Okay. Triple H versus Jericho. What do you think? I don't like this at all. As much either. as I like Jericho. As far as the main event is concerned, look, it had the misfortune of uh, of following Hogan versus The Rock. Mm-hmm. But I would say that even if, let's say Hogan and The Rock aren't even on this card. Right. Obviously, the crowd would have probably reacted better. But once again, the premise is bad. Triple H should be a heel in general. I just think he's much better cast as a heel. Jericho can be either way. But if Jericho's going to face a Triple H, I think the year 2000 is proof that Jericho's a great face right. against a heel Triple well, H. Well, the other problem that you're, I think you're overlooking here, right, is that this feud isn't Chris Jericho versus Triple H. Well, I'm, I'm letting you handle that, yes. It's Triple H versus Stephanie. And a dog involved. And a dog. And that's the other that's thing. That's the issue. And that's the issue at hand. That Chris Jericho, the guy who just beat everyone, yeah. he won all the belts. Oh, he doesn't matter in the war over Lucy and our divorce and shit. You know, that's a good point. He's just a proxy. And I think that is a problem for the WWF sometimes that they really overvalue or overestimate how much people care about the ancillary McMahons. Yeah. People do like Vince when he's an on-screen. Like, he he does. Because he's entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. As much as, like, we bitch and moan, oh, Vince did this, did that. As a character on TV, he's kind of consistently good. Absolutely. You know what I don't know. I don't know any other way to put it. Even as a fucking seventy year old man, he's a good character. He puts the effort in. Like But especially like two thousand two Stephanie, they're really overreaching here. Like no one cared about that. No. Hulk Hogan and the NWO had just come back. They they think we should give a shit like a lot. Yeah. Like and I and I understand Shane had his moments of like falling off ceilings and stuff, but like but like the fact that I should care, uh, like, a, the soap opera of the McMahon's, lo- like, yeah, lies. I don't care. Like, this was also the first, like you said, like, the first, like, real, we're getting in the weeds with just Stephanie's shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, it's like, really now? I know. Like, no, you're totally right, and, and it's not good. So, let's rank it then. It's worse, in my opinion, than Triple H Orton. Even yes. It, it, yes. Match quality notwithstanding. 100% worse. Now, Undertaker Sid... <laughs> Look, on one hand, like we said, Undertaker Sid is for the world title, like this yeah. is. The right guy wins. Undertaker wins at the end. Big mm-hmm. face, right? 
The match is horrible. Mm-hmm. Undertaker said horrible. It, it, it's bad. It's a bear hug. For an event called Heat, it had no heat. Yeah. However, Triple H Jericho better match, objectively, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least subjectively, right? I but guess. The angle <laughs> is poop. It's a very bad angle. <sighs> I want to put it higher, but I don't... I think it's worse than okay. this. Okay, tell me why and I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> like, the angle is putrid. At least, <laughs> at least, The Undertaker and Sid, the, the one thing that we keep forgetting with it, right? Yeah. Is that this show had, like, the best go-home Raw because it, this... It did. The, the it thing did. you're forgetting is that this is part of the Brett Hart Austin hate circle. Like yeah. that, Like, this is just... This is like an ancillary feud on the side within the Bret Hart Austin like chaos, essentially, chaos, like yeah. circle of hate I'll that I that like to, to think of it as. I'll like it it's like you. honestly, whatever the Undertaker and Sid is part of, it's better than this. And also, Quinn Triple H Jericho wound up ultimately being meaningless because uh, Triple H dropped the title of Hulk Hogan within weeks of this. You well, know? because they realized at WrestleMania again. they were like, "Wait a sec, Hulk Hogan's way more over than Triple H or Jericho combined," yeah. and, and he's like, <laughs> "He's old as shit." But yes. he, everyone wants to pay to see that shit. They did, and then they uh, realized that they could go on tour around the country and they would sell out arenas just because people want to see Hulk Hogan like do the old act. Yeah, they that's really for, that's really what they realized. That's what they did. They like we could do this like the whole summer and like we'll sell out every arena in the country. They kind of gave them one last nostalgia tour. It wasn't yeah. that long, and that was that. But yeah, that's. Exactly Exactly what they did. All right, I'll put it above uh, Undertaker Sid because it's more meaningless. Ultimately, Undertaker's win was nice and everything, but okay. Is it worse, Quinn? Is Triple H Jericho worse than Sid and Hogan? I we're starting to get into tricky territory here. Mm. The the angle is bad. Triple H I Jericho. Think this is worse than Sid and Hogan. I think it is too. Actually, I, what, I don't know. What, I I don't feel like that's controversial. <laughs> like, you don't. Triple H Jericho sucks. And it's not the match so much as the angle surrounding it. Again, we keep I keep going back to the 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 idea too that it's like it exists on with the Rock and Hogan, which should be the main event. It shouldn't even yeah. like it's it's that bad that it, on its own show it shouldn't even be the main event. <laughs> like, are they joking? Good point. You gotta be joking me. Yeah. All right, but I want to leave it there. I don't think it's worse than Undertaker Roman. I mm, really yeah, don't. I don't. I don't think so either. That was uncalled for. Yeah, Undertaker. Roman. What were they thinking with that? I don't know. I mean, again, the idea that Roman Reigns that everyone doesn't like is like, oh, now you you will like him yeah, because he beat the Undertaker. I just don't get the point. That's yeah. real. Like, did the Undertaker say, "Hey, Van, slap me"? I can't have that. So yeah, really, that's, like, that's casual, Mark. Yeah. Hey, Van, slap me. Uh, let me put him over WrestleMania. Like, it's what almost they, like what were they it's thinking? almost like the Undertaker gave them a call and said, "I see you're having some problems with Roman Reigns. Let me." I'll put him over, yeah, right? Like, that'll work. Yeah, that that like it was like his. He was like being nice. So I was like, <laughs> I'll do you a solid, like the fucking Piper Sag card or whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? The moral Highlanders. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that was bad. All right, I think Triple H Jericho at three is fitting. Do you right. think that's a fitting spot for it? I mean, great spot. It's, <laughs> it's a healthy spot. On this <laughs> well, we got six on the board now, folks. We're gonna run them down. At number one, Ms. Cena still from WrestleMania 27. And the close number two is Undertaker Roman at 33. But we got a newcomer here, the Lucy match. Triple H Jericho at WrestleMania 18. Number four, another newcomer, Sid Hogan, WrestleMania 8. It stinks. Yeah. Rounding it out here, number five, Undertaker Sid at WrestleMania 13. And the not too bad, Randy Orton Triple H match from Wrestle 25. Folks, that is the flush for this week here. Be sure to let us know yours. You do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But when we come back, we're going down to Florida. Championship Wrestling for Florida right after this.
and that run with the undisputed championship to win it was great, but the, but the whole run with it was terrible for me, like in my opinion. The angles were the I was just I was the champion, but I'd be on the fourth on the show. You know, um, my original idea for that angle was Triple H was hurt, and when he came back, I was gonna say like, dude, like your wife's having an affair on you, and the affair was she's she's having an affair with Rob Van Dam, and it would go through the thing. He doesn't believe it. Doesn't believe it. I have video proof. You know. And then go into the ring and say, "Listen, man, I'm you know we don't see eye to eye, but I can't stand for this anymore. Your wife's had an affair, so Van Damme." Then, and then show a video of like you know, guy with a ponytail making out with Stephanie in bed, whatever. And then turn around and it's me with the Rob Van Dam hair, and then I'm standing behind with the sledgehammer. And I Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, Check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about Booking the Territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 216. Quinn, we're going down to Tamper. Going down to the Tamper, huh? Going down to Tamper, okay. Now we're reviewing, folks, championship wrestling from Florida. Uh, which we haven't done a lot of, maybe only once. Yeah, I feel like it's on. There's, and that was like back in like it's a while ago, you know, like episode fifty something. Oh, I, I'm, I don't I'm just know. Taking a guess, maybe it was one fifty something. It might have been know. around then. But yeah. uh, championship wrestling from Florida, folks, was a NWA territory in uh, the '60s through the '80s. It mm-hmm. was Eddie Graham's territory mainly, and ran out of Tampa and other places in Florida, and. Pretty well regarded, actually. Fun little territory. Had a TV deal, obviously. Right, but I mean, its main claim to fame is it's where Dusty Rhodes came from, right? Exactly. After the AWA and some of the other things he did, right. uh, he went down to um, Tampa and made a big name for himself there, so much so that Crockett wanted them full-time kind of for the Carolinas promotion in Georgia. Right, and we're actually, th- this time period, from my understanding, is like, right this is this is about the time Dusty made the conversion to, to JCP. JCP full-time. Pretty right? much, pretty much. Uh, so this is uh, going to be from January 1st, 83. It was taped December 29th, 82, if you're interested. But it did air on New Year's Day in 83. Mm-hmm. And this promotion had some good talent there. It had a good roster. Like I said, it was mainly Eddie Graham's territory. It was an NWA member, and it closed in 87. And then Mike Graham, mm-hmm. never do it, um, he uh, revived it as Florida Championship Wrestling for a, a period of time, right. which then went on to kind of be the name of the WWF's developmental territory for a bit. It's sad to think, though. It is pretty obvious that when Dusty left, they didn't last much longer. (laughs) He was (laughs) the biggest star. He was the company, basically. Yeah, and I don't blame them for that. I mean, Dusty Rose is one of the most magnetic, charismatic people in wrestling history. Of course, uh, one of the other notable personalities down there was one of my favorites, not one of Quinn's, but I think Quinn's warming to him, Gordon Soley. Yeah, I don't mind He's him. good, right? Yeah. Uh, so we'll get to see him. It's just a fun little time here. There are a lot of names you're going to recognize, folks. And it's been a while. This is actually Gerald Rosenberg requested this one. Yeah. 
Thank we, you. We are taking specific episode requests uh, for indefinitely you right just, now. You just put it on a list and yep. we'll get to it yep. eventually. Merkel's keeping a list for us. There's, yeah. a, there's a post on our Facebook group. And uh, this was Gerald Rosenberg. So thank you very much. It is Championship Wrestling from Florida. January 1st, 83. We open with a literal campfire and folksy music. Very festive. Very happy. Mm-hmm. I like it already. And uh, Quinn and I both had the same note here about the opening credits. Yeah. The Who's the Boss font. I had the like, same it's the exact same font. It it's used is. throughout this entire show. Yep. It's the exact same. And it says, with your host, Gordon Sully. And now we see a horse leaving in the background. <laughs> what the hell was this intro? I don't know. Like, I was very confused yeah. when I first turned it on because I was like, is this always the intro? Yeah, like that, I think that's what was more disconcerting because I you you find out later what it is. Correct. But if you were the first time watching this, you're like, what does like a campfire and a horse have to do with like Florida wrestling? It like, seemed very out of place. Didn't yeah, it? It, very out of place. I was wondering the same thing. Like, is this their actual intro? Yeah. But anyway, Gordon solely welcomes us from a plain background. Looking very spry. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Championship Wrestling 83. I'm Gordon Soli, your host. He wishes us a very happy holiday season and welcomes us to 1983. Yeah, alternate dimension 1983 canon. That's right. That's yep. really, I will say that from the onset, this is what this feels like. Kind of. Because we're literally watching the same time period in parallel yeah. right now, WF, right? Yep. It's, like, it's like ducking out for a minute and saying, hey, what's going on over here? Yeah. You know? Pretty much everything is better than the WWF in 83 for the most part. That's true. It is. Anyway, it's not a happy holiday season for Dusty Rhodes. You see, he went to a loser leaves the state match recently. Just the state. The state against Kevin Sullivan. And guess what? Dusty lost. I guess that's why he's going to JCP, right? I'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, with Gordon is a very <laughs> gleeful Kevin Sullivan. Dressed like a crazy idiot with like an X on his <laughs> yeah, head. I know, Mrs. Sully. <laughs> he looks kind of cool, actually. I'm he not going to lie. He looks cool. Yeah. Now, Sullivan calls Gordon the premier wrestling commentator. <laughs> you being the premier commentator in wrestling today. He also has bones hanging around his neck. More on them later. He yells about how he was the one that was chosen to conquer. Lots of imagery. It's basically like a better Bray Wyatt. Like, yeah, honestly, mostly everything is a better I gotta, I gotta Bray say, Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Uh, if you're looking for ideas, look at what the fuck Kevin Sullivan did. Much better. <laughs> it is. Holy shit! This guy from Boston convinced us he was like some Satan. weird witch doctor. Because yeah, <laughs> I don't know. the funniest part is if you see interviews with him for real, you would never expect that in his like day job he acts like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, he says he walked into the tiger's den, not the lion's. The tigers even have dens? Maybe. I don't know. Did he use the wrong animal? Just this don't worry about it. He's sorry. Just, he's trying to sound crazy, so it's nothing is rational, Jeff. I'm sorry. Uh, he references the bones around his neck, and he says that he left Dusty in bones and dust. Somebody killed him? I don't understand. He killed him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but Gordon's not phased by any of that. Well, good for you. Yeah, fuck the <laughs> fuck up, basically. So uh, Gordon now holds up an issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated and mentions that we're going to be hearing from Bill Apter later. Gordon holding on to an Apter mag. Don't call them the Apter mags. <sighs> Sorry, you can't, yeah, I mean, can't do that, okay? I mean, in this, in this instance. No. Anyway, we now pan over to Barbara Clary on the other side of the desk, and she's like, I have a tape of the Midnight Rider for later. That's right, we have an exclusive tape of the Midnight Rider. This is a nice young lady, and (laughs) I want to say something. I specifically remember her from Starcade. Like she is on like yeah. maybe the, fir- right? the first one. I she might be in the second one. Too. I don't remember. But I know that she's one of the backstage people. So she is. I don't know 
who Barbara Clary was, but she seemed to be very involved with the NWA in general during this time period. Someone that worked there, I guess, right? Yeah. Someone's daughter, probably. Yeah, maybe. Uh, we go to break. We come back again where Gordon recaps the Christmas show, December the 25th in St. Petersburg, across the bridge there from Tampa, where Dusty Rhodes took on Kevin Sullivan in that lights out, loser leaves the state cage match. Now, that's a fucking stipulation for you. It's a long name, too. I- the lights what are is the on, lights though. out part? What when, when do they turn them off? Because uh, they Does were that mean on. you could lose by knockout, perhaps? Oh, is that what it is? I'm just making things up. But we uh, probably sound very ignorant here because it is like an old time. I just want to know what the lights out part means. I don't know. Let us know, folks. We're stupid, okay? Uh, Kevin is standing off screen, cackling the whole time. By the way, as Gordon's uh, narrating the footage here. <laughs> yep, Sullivan's singing Christmas songs <laughs> just on just for fun under his breath. There you can see Dusty Rhodes at this point in time. Well, he's very happy that what, what transpired here. That's right. So what did transpire? Well, first of all, Dusty shoved down the ref. Sullivan pulled something out of his tights, nailed Dusty with it, hammered away. Cover only gets two, though. Gordon says, uh, the treachery we're about to see rivals that of Julius Caesar and Brutus. Okay, calm down. It's just it's just local wrestling from Florida here. Let's, let's not. Let's not get carried away. Yeah, now. come on here. Another two count is Sullivan punches away with whatever the hell he has in his hand. Probably nothing. Dusty with headbutts, Irish whip, back elbow, and then suddenly, Quinn, Santa comes to town. Wait, what? Better watch out. Yeah. <laughs> Better not cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon, now watch the arrival of Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> Insert that into, like, any December WWF paper. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah. Now watch this arrival of Santa Claus. <laughs> so Santa passes on by here. Give Sullivan something, and Dusty just goes down. Now, what was this? Was this magic? I, I, I worked better than the last object. What did he like, do? I don't know. And even Gordon's like, I don't know what the fuck that was. What the fuck was that shit? <laughs> Sullivan giggles, by the way, while Gordon's narrating this. And then Santa and Sullivan leave together. <laughs> and a bunch of faces run into the cage to check on Dusty. Mm-hmm. We go back to the desk now. We're Jake. Roberts is now standing behind Kevin Sullivan. There's a lot of creepy in those two people, right? Yeah, Jake's very creepy here. Yep. Gordon now throws back to some footage in the dressing room after this match on Christmas where we find out that Santa was in fact Jake Roberts. <laughs> so they're like giggling about it. Yeah, so it's like they're it's like they're stupid like thieves or yes! something and they're like hee 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 like like in the backstage but like the camera snuck on yes. snuck in on them right and then they turn around and they notice it and they freak out it's great this was so <laughs> stupid that it was great it was awesome they're like get out of here like, hey, you get out of here yeah, it's like it's like very quick too yep. it's only like the clip is only like 20 seconds at most it's good though Gordon, very, very not happy about all of this as we now get footage of Dusty after that match in his dressing room. Dusty says that uh, Sullivan will never forget Christmas night and he's embarrassed for his family, his children, and the millions of people that love him. And obviously, Dusty's promo is great as always. He mm-hmm. talks about... I like this. He's, he talks about how he needs to find another means of support here in Florida. But, okay, and this is where this gets weird. Yeah. Just for 60 days. Two months, yeah. So maybe this is how Dusty became a plumber or crossing guard or garbage. I don't know like what he did. Pizza man. Would but honestly, can I just put it this way? What? Up to this point, right. I thought, oh, okay, Dusty can't come back to Florida, right? That's it, right? He's not here anymore. Right. He hasn't. He lost. He's gone. Just but 60 then, days. But then, then they start slowly and subtly adding in the fact that it's 60. This is the point at which in the show they keep emphasizing that it's 60 days. Correct. Just, just two months. So then... 
who cares? Like, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> when he went on vacation, basically. Yeah, I know, I it's, know. It's, it's more like a Dusty gets to go on vacation if he loses match. But the fans are so disappointed, you know, they're going to miss him. That's all. Two months. Well, that's a long time sometimes. We go back to the desk now where the heels, Jake and Sullivan, are extra happy, and Sullivan says that it, reality stripped Dusty Rhodes of the American dream, and Gordon's just strongly like, it's not over. Gordon <laughs> is all... Fuck off! It's only sixty. <laughs> basically, even Gordon, he now Gordon's like me. Like Gordon's like, and eh, it doesn't fucking matter. He's gonna come back and kick your ass, you yeah, know. Yeah, we you, should, to- you really shouldn't be bragging. It's only two <laughs> months, <but> basically. <laughs> we go up to ringside now, where Barry Windham is introduced, looking like Sam Houston. Seriously, like very lanky with the hat and everything. Yeah. I swear, he looks like Sam- his brother or something. I they're related, right? No, they aren't. Sam Houston and Barry Windham? They seem related. This is Jake Roberts' brother. Oh, right. Sam Houston. Didn't Rock and Robin marry somebody? Marry? I mean, they're, 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 who? I don't, I, I don't know. Probably, one of these people. I mean, Rock and Robin, if I had to take like a wild guess, probably married someone like weird from the AWA. I thought she married a Windham. Maybe I'm. She did not marry a Windham. Now I got to look. Rock and Robin. Hang on here. I need to know. Barry Duncan Jr. One of those. Like, <laughs> Barry Duncan Jr.? I don't know. Duncan. Yeah, Duncan. I, I just thought there was some kind of connection here. Dunkum. No, she never married a wrestler. Okay. You're thinking of someone else. Okay. I forget who you're thinking. You're thinking of Mike McGurk married like Brian Blair or something. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I thought there was some kind of union of the family. There's here. no union. Anyway, um, Wyndham's opponent here is Randy Barber, who looks like one. He's dirty looking. He has a mustache. Uh, there's a proud global wrestling banner on the back, by the way. And then the Who's the Boss font kindly tells us who's wrestling, but like, it's too late. Yeah. Like they announced it. So why didn't they show this before? Yeah, it was a little late. The Chiron here. Yeah. It's, it's it's like this the whole show too. It's like after everyone's been announced and they start wrestling, then they tell you who it is. I guess I just want to make sure you know the names. Just I appreciate to reiterate. Them. Appreciate well, I mean, for our notes, screen. it's good. Yeah, exactly. Very young. Bill Alfonso is our referee. Yeah, somehow already refereeing in like January of 83. I it's did not know insane. that. Yeah. yeah. Here's an idea. Talk over each other some more. Waistlock take down by Barber into the ropes here. Arm drag into an arm bar because 80s. Yep, arm, arm, arm. Yep. Gordon now talks about how Ric Flair is coming to town to defend his title as we get more wrist and arm crap for a while. Gordon says that Wyndham has matured so well in the sport. Barber clips him. Why? With a forearm and a back elbow there. Body slam by the Barber. Very bold of him. <laughs> very bold, I yeah, thought. Very bold. And then a big stupid elbow by Barber misses. So Wyndham with a European uppercut and another one. Quinn, the crowd is rather mumbly here. Yeah, they're just chattering. Uh, body slamming a knee drop by Wyndham gets two. Irish whip off the ropes. Beautiful lariat. And it's all over. Wyndham nice wins. quick. Thank you very much. Yep. Moving on next. Good pace on yeah, the show I, I, so far. Hey, they did that. I always say that the, on a t- TV show, the intro needs to be two minutes. Two minutes. That's all you need. Two minutes. Break That's all in. we need. Break it in quick. Yeah. Gordon now wants to invite Barry Wyndham over to talk about Ric Flair. And he mentioned that Barry holds a pinfall over Flair. So. Barry comes over with a stupid hat and he, sorry, and he laments the fact that Dusty was fucked over. Also, fuck Jake Roberts and fuck Kevin Sullivan. It's a two month break. Calm down, everyone. Jeez. They're very upset, Quinn. Gordon now says, all right, we're going to throw to some footage uh, from a workout a few weeks ago. What is this? WCCW? Ah, <laughs> oh, the workout. <laughs> I swore, Joe, when they said this, I, I thought they were going to go to like a gym yeah. with like a mat and maybe like mirrored walls or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know exactly like what that you mean. kind of shit. But it's not that. Yeah. It's Ric Flair doing kind of like an exhibition here. So we see him wrestling with a shirt uh, like it's 2001. But it's workout, Joe. Remember, he's not. He. he 
you take your shirt off when you're serious. Yeah, he's definitely not serious. All wrestlers, when they work out, they wear like a Gold's Gym shirt or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yep. Um, Now, he's taking on a couple of jobbers that are in the ring, but then he kindly leaves the ring. He wanders over to where Gordon is with Wyndham at the desk, and he says that he's been out there for five minutes, hasn't really broken a sweat, so... Hey, Barry Wyndham, why don't you get in the ring with me? Very nicely, may I add. Yeah, no. Like, Ric Flair is oddly nice. Being a gentleman. Yeah. Now, he wasn't a face, though, in... Well... I don't know. It's all, this I can't time, remember. This time period is very hazy. Yes, I He's know. He's, like, very back and forth. I think right. it really depends on the territories. That, that's possible, too. By the time he obviously wrestles uh, Harley Race at the end of the year... He's a face. He's full-fledged face. Yeah, I just can't remember offhand here. But anyway, the crusty jobbers actually stand around as Barry gets in the ring. Handshake by Flair. It's very pleasant. Very nice. Fonzie's still the referee. Flair drops down, and we do the amateur down position here. Flair tries to sit out, win him with a ride, buck and roll, but Wyndham hangs on. Flair grabs the ropes. Crowd likes it. Flair complains to Fonzie about something. I don't know what. <laughs> Gordon goes on a rant about narcissistic wrestlers. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Another handshake by Flair. Being the gentleman here down position by Wyndham now. Gordon mentions, by the way, it was perfectly all right that Flair used the ropes to force the break. Nothing wrong with that. As Flair goes down for the ride, Wyndham can't sit out now. Flair hangs on. Escape by Wyndham! Flair's a little uh, flustered now and frustrated, easy for me to say, but still gives Wyndham a handshake. (laughs) Gordon, oh, fine. Good. Okay, good. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) He's great here. I like Gordon Quinn. No, he's good. Come on, he's good, man. I know you used to have a grudge against him. I like him more See, here's the thing: is my grudge is not against him per se. It's I, it always depends on the promotion. I think he's very different depending on where he is. I really like him in like Continental, for example. He's great in Continental, but I think overall I like him a lot. I just think he's a this good, Florida. Uh, he's pretty decent, actually. He's great here, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's so tough with Gordon because there are stuff where he's bad, like 1994 WCW. Well, of course, he but. stinks. Like, I don't even know why he's there. Oh, the Omni. It's very historic. <laughs> and like, here's uh, Jean-Paul Levesque. Yeah, and you're just like, what the fuck? That's what? not his fault, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, at that point, he's, like, very annoying. <laughs> yeah, but he's great here. Uh, winning back down. Flair with a boot, Quinn! Hilariously just, like, kicking him <laughs> yeah. now. Like, it's good. I wasn't surprised if Flair turned on him. You know what I mean? Chops by Flair. The, Flair tosses, tosses the jobbers out hilariously. Yep. More chops by Flair. Irish whip duck under by Wyndham and a lariat and... Barry Windham pinned him in a non-match. So why does he deserve a shot? I guess because he pinned the champion, but Flair wasn't really trying, was, was it, he? Why was it counted, first of all? Second of all, like, why does any of this matter? It's like if I went to the gym yeah. and, I, and I pinned you. Why were we wrestling at the gym? Exactly. Why, did, <laughs> why is any of that relevant You're right. to anything? Okay, fair. Back to Gordon, who says that Wyndham is the Southern champion, and he was also voted the most improved wrestler for 1982. Because of this? That's, that's bullshit, because the OVP awards already, we've handed down the awards for 1982. Underpants was the most improved that year. Yes, that's right. Miguel Underpants Feliciano. It's true! He improved his attire, and he has improved his wrestling ability in yeah, 1982. Yeah, he's definitely the most improved of 1982. This is they stuffed the ballot box. Suck your award after. Yeah, now we see him. He's like, yeah. I am here with a plaque. Barry, this is the uh, plaque for Pro Wrestling Illustrated's 1982 Achievement Award for the Most Improved Wrestler. He always looked old. But, like I said, that's an advantage. She's probably like 39 here. Probably looks like this he now. <laughs> yeah, I know he does. Exactly. Just a little see, grayer. See, very smart. His body was very smart about it. That's all I'm getting at. Okay. So he happily sings Wyndham's praises. You're the best wrestler ever. We like you a lot. Here's your award. The 
Most of the crowd applause, but you know what? There's some boos there, Quinn. Well, clearly some underpants fans in the crowd, Joe. <laughs> they they know. The underpants was screwed! Yeah. It's real! <laughs> He's good. Gordon happily throws to break, and we come back with Barbara Clary, who says that the Midnight Rider newcomer here, he's an international wrestler from Diablo County, Colorado. That sounds totally real. Yep, totally real. Uh, and then we get that same campfire footage again. Okay. okay. okay that's what that was. Now, there's a masked man sitting next to the fire that we see. He sounds a lot like Dusty Rhodes, but it can't be him. Are we serious here? It's like very clearly. Don't, I don't know, this Quinn. Like, this this segment, Joe, was very tongue-in-cheek. Like, I don't know. They know their their audience Wait knows. Wait a minute. But no. Their audience knows, Joe. He's from Diablos Canyon, Colorado. I mean, listen, Quinn, Dusty's from Texas. There's no way it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. So he says he's the greatest attraction in wrestling, and he fears no man. <laughs> and then we hear the happy guitar music, and we see the fire. And now we get a close up of the fire as the horse storms off. Dusty went, He's hot. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. It's beautiful. So stupid. So silly. It is, but I have no idea. I have no idea who this guy is, Quinn. I couldn't tell you. Now Barbara says that he'll be wrestling all over Florida and he'll be he'll be taking on Kevin Sullivan next week. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Back up to the ring now. We're on. Un- all right. I got this disclaimer. This guy's name is very unfortunate. Burhead Jones. It's we're not making that it's up. His real name. It's not That's, fake. It, I'm not. And we're just leave it at that. You look it up if you want to. Just call him Jones from now That's on. It. I don't want to know. We're not anything about it. that. Uh, Jake Roberts is his opponent, though. He goes right to work. By the way, Jake, like the Bob Backlund blue tights. Ugh. Like I don't. I've never needed to see Jake Roberts' legs that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, it's it's odd. And then Gordon, uh, we got Snake Roberts over here. The Undertaker, <laughs> Snake Roberts, where we thought that was so cool. Meanwhile, yeah. Gordon just did it like in 1983. <laughs> it's great. Snake Roberts. Snake Roberts. Bill Alfonso, the referee, again. We're doing one of those where they have one referee the whole it, night, it, apparently. It doesn't matter. Right? There's like 60 people here. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah, speaking of where we are, folks, we yeah. didn't mention that. This is in the Tampa Sportatorium. Now, unlike the Dallas Sportatorium, that's what they call it. Unlike the Dallas one that held what thousands of people, this one holds um oh a hundred tops. <laughs> tops. There's no way it holds more than that. And you might need to like really squeeze to get a hundred in there. This is basically a studio. It's yeah. not an arena. This is uh, teak wood or whatever. Tech wood. Tech wood. What is what you would teak? I don't know. Why do you want it to be teak all the time? I don't know. Something with teak. <laughs> it just seems it seems okay to me. Yeah, this is a very teak sm- deck. Yeah, teak deck. It That's sounds what used to nicer. Call it. it sounds teak more. Deck. Yeah, it, teak it just, is a wood. Yeah, is that where you, the confusion yeah, comes from? I think from? it's like oh, it's like it's a, it's a nicer wood, right? Yeah. It's like <laughs> teak deck studios. It's like no, this is some primo shit, right? But this is the Tamper Sportatorium. This is really uh, tech wood. I, yeah, this is something. And uh, apparently, this was a. Uh, it was used for other things. Uh, it looks like a soundstage. Ironically, a textile factory at some yeah. point. Maybe Herb Abrams worked yeah, there. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> anyway, second rope closed on by Jake Neelift, and it's all over. Good. My kind of match. Quick. Very quick. A minute, maybe? Nothing. Perfect. Perfect. Jake slithers out, leaves with Sullivan as we go to break, and we come back where our next match is in the ring. First, 
Terry Allen. The future Magnum TA. Like within like a year. Yeah. Like right? this is we're really close we're to him. Close to- it might be within this year. I don't I'm not sure when he started calling himself Magnum TA. Yeah, I'm not an NWA timeline expert. I don't know. Obviously, it had to be know. soon. It was re- he, he already looks like Magnum for the most part. Oh yeah, part. it's not the look is already it's like he's just waiting for the name to be attached. Yeah. That's what this feels like. He's not like young up and comer Terry Allen. No, here. no, no, no. He's on the brink of superstardom. And his opponent's Mike Jackson. So who's the jobber here, though, for serious? Because, like, he's not Magnum, so he might still be a jobber for all I know. Correct. No, I had no idea. Uh, We get a handshake to start. Headlock by Jackson. Wristlock escape by Magnum here. Both men are up. Circle on the lockup. Top wristlock by Jackson. Reverse by Allen. Rear reverse by Jackson. But Magnum shoves out into the ropes here. Back up, circle again as Gordon says that he was uh, talking to his friend who is a top-performing clown for Barnum and Bailey. What was this side conversation? Can I just... That was odd. Amazing. It's, it has nothing to do with anything. Well, no, it does, because he says that his friend was really looking forward to this match, Quinn. Okay. And I actually believe what that. Is, this is some Terry Tyrell and Jade shit. I love Barry it. Barry Blaustein. <laughs> like, this kind of... Yeah, it's very much about Barry Blaustein says this will be the this sleeper is the, this match. This is the best match of the show, says Barry Blaustein. I don't care, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck is Barry Blaustein? <laughs> what are they going to do with Steamboat's kid? Yeah. Oh, oh there's Bonnie. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that. What are they going to do with him? <laughs> he was all upset. It's ridiculous. Anyway, armbar by Magnum. Kip up by Jackson off the ropes, but Magnum hangs on. Goes to an armbar on the mat, but a push off Magnum with a shoulder block. Leapfrog by Jackson. Hip tossed by Magnum, and then Jackson with a headlock takedown. Pretty good. It's actually very good. fine, right? Maybe Barnum and Bailey, that's, they, 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 they knew. <laughs> this is actually a really fun match, yeah. Quinn. You know what's unfortunate? The crowd is very Super Mario All-Stars. <laughs> like, oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. They are. That, unfortunately. This is actually good. Mm-hmm. This is like legitimately it's good. It's a good match. And meanwhile. Jackson out with forearm. Scorner whip. Reverse. Lead fraud by Jackson. Crossbody is caught. Body slam by Magnum gets two. Great. It's really good. Off the ropes. Quick small package by Jackson for two. Nice. Magnum sets up a back suplex, but Jackson flips over the top, lands on his feet, drop kick by Jackson. He tries another. Magnum catches him. Boston Crab, but Mag- uh, Jackson reverses into a cradle, but Magnum rolls over and gets the win. Very good. Good. This is how you do like a good technical match quickly. In like three, four minutes. This is like this is more of the shit I'm looking for nowadays, right? I like it's like this stuff. you want to do your technical flippy floppy? Four <laughs> minutes. Do it in four minutes. I'm happy. Cause I want to see. A bazillion wrestlers wrestle. Right. Like, I don't especially see now, like they have like three hours, right? Yeah. So it's like on all of these shows. So just have like three hours of these quick fucking matches that I get to see absolutely everyone on the roster. It's perfect. No 20 minute promos, you mean, right? Bullshit. Yeah. That's bullshit. You can have a couple of those. Yeah. A couple. Because obviously, when you have shorter matches, you got to fill them in with stuff. Yeah. Right. Make the promos like four minutes also. Right. Well, you don't need ten minute. This is this in ring segments. This is why you need a proper host like Gordon because yes. you can do this kind of thing. Because then you go to Gordon. Like, wow, well, that was really good. Okay, now <laughs> I have uh, come over here now. Yeah, now, now I have uh, Kevin Sullivan. I like, miss you, that type of stuff, that's, man. That's the kind of like AW want ideas that you just listen to this show. We go. We could. We could do your show. Like we could. I could produce this. I could line up all the things. You can. Yeah, these angles. They're a little. Fugazi from what I've seen. Too. Now, aren't you the guy that sometimes forgets to plug his computer in? 
Yeah. Am I? <laughs> but it doesn't matter. But you're going to produce AEW. I got it. I'm just checking. I, 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 I'll just give them the, the, the storyboards. I'll make them before the show. That's what it is. That's, that's, that's how Crayon. I'll, yeah, crayon. Now, I will say, though. Crayon. Crayon. Uh, I will say this. If you're a Florida wrestling fan or whatever mm-hmm. state you live in that gets this, I could see totally liking this presentation because it's very accessible. Oh, yeah. Gordon Soli is one of the reasons why it's so accessible. They explain everything that right. happened, too, so you're not, like, confused if yeah. you missed a week. Right. Gordon's like, and this shit happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, basically. And there's a likability to Gordon Soli. You know, there's so he kind of guides you through. This could be your first wrestling show, and you might get hooked. Because you true. might be like, who's this Dusty Rhodes? What happened here? You know, yeah, it's exactly. Very well done. Uh, and anyway, speaking of well done, we get a handshake after this match, and the crowd's very happy with the handshake. Yeah, great match. Great match, right? Yeah. Gordon now get, this is funny. Gordon gets up from the desk. Well, this match was good enough to warrant <laughs> Gordon getting out of his chair. I, he wanders over to Terry Allen, and Scott McGee, who you might know from WWF as a jobber, who's wearing a shitty jacket. Yeah, by the way, I love how Gordon just casually decides <laughs> yeah. to walk over there, too. Yeah. It's like very slowly, like... Uh, I guess uh, I'll get up. And look at over here. Let me, yeah. uh, and there they are. Uh, yep. That's Magnum TA and uh, Scott, McGee. Scott McGee. Let me, let me have a chat with them. Yeah. Like he, like it's his prerogative that he produces the show essentially. Like, you know what? I'm going to get up and do this. Yeah. Camera number two. Get over <laughs> it. Follow me over here now. <laughs> so he asked them about the fabulous kangaroos. Who? You never heard of them? No. Our team. They really maybe, were. Not, maybe they've come up in passing on this 60s show. 60s and 70s yeah. mainly. But uh, Scott what are they McGee- doing here in 83? <laughs> That's weird. I don't know. <laughs> Scott McGee says it sucks what happened to Dusty Rhodes. As Magnum now says, you know, Dusty's great and he loves him and he'll be back in 60 days and it'll be wonderful. Can everyone stop licking his ass, <laughs> by the way? I feel like the entire promotion is just begging everyone to not stop watching <laughs> since we don't have Dusty for 60. I'm not kidding. Well, you know what? Yes, probably. But what's smart is that they immediately started with the Midnight Rider thing on the same show. Yeah, I that- mean... Because it, it is super tongue in cheek. Like, yeah, I was being funny before. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're really leaning into like, hey, you, just look for, listen to him for two seconds. You know who that is, right? Yeah. It's your favorite wrestler. So at least there they, he is. At like, least they did that, like right yeah, there on the show. So. Exactly. Because Dusty is the draw here. Mm-hmm. Uh, McGee anyway talks about how the kangaroos are good, but him and Terry, they're better. Well, the name alone makes me think they suck. So fabulous kangaroo, bad. <laughs> uh, Gordon sends back to break. We come back with Barbara again, and she's with Bill Apter and JJ Dillon, who is here to accept the award for the PWI Manager of the Year. Really? What about Captain Lou? Nope. JJ Dillon. Who did he manage in '82? Fuji and Saito. They had the tag belts. No, no, no. Who did JJ Dillon manage in '82? Off the top of my head, I don't remember. Well, we see later who he managed. Yeah, but like elsewhere. I mean, was this I don't all know. he did? Manager Angelo Mosca? No, JJ always had like a, a stable of guys from my memory. Yeah, but what was. I don't remember the specific good. people in 82. I, that's what I yeah, mean. I, I know I, he had the horsemen later. Right. But he he always had like Terry Taylor or some shit. Terry Tyrell and Jade. <laughs> or, or, you know, he always Terry had. Terry Taylor? Yeah, he always had somebody. Um, it's not good, but. No. Now, Dylan. Nature ver- Boy Buddy Rydell. He's good. I he like had him. him. Yeah, you're right. He did. He did. Dylan very enthusiastically accepts this award. It's definitely not boring at all. J.J. Dylan's definitely never boring. Mentions that wrestling has been around since Bible times. No mention of Flair fighting back then, though, which was surprising. Yeah, I know, because I remember that match at Flair had with Moses, you know? Right. I don't know why he didn't bring that up. Historic. Historic. Um, J.J. says that when he goes to Australia, 
The first thing people ask him when he gets off the plane is if he has the latest issue of PWI with him. Now, can everyone hold the phone? First of all, bullshit on that. Bullshit on that. Second of all, isn't he a heel? Yeah. Like, this is very nice of him, like, shilling their magazine. Like, he, he is, like, revelatory about Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Best magazine ever, Bill. You do a great job like, over with there. Like, no sarcasm no, or anything. No, like, this is it. a legitimate, like, it's like we are stepping out of the, we're, we're in the J.J. Dillon backstage guy yeah, version kind of right now. Like, he is not in character at all right now. Now, what I remember, though, and I could be wrong, folks, if I'm wrong, correct me. It's okay. But didn't after kind of, and I don't know if it was up to him. He didn't own the magazine, okay? And that's yeah. why you don't call them that thing. But didn't PWI and all them, didn't they have a much more favorable relationship with the NWA? And that's why those guys so. mainly yeah. got the awards. Oh, yeah. Because Vince didn't want them on their programming doing this bullshit. Because you know what he, I mean? had, he had Victory Magazine plans. Correct. You're absolutely right. Anyway, Dylan Jones on and on and brings up all the WWF managers, you know, Fuji and all those guys. Not Fuji, uh, Albano and all those clowns, uh, Blassie. Blassie. Wiz, Wiz. Wiz. Yeah. Also brings up Oliver Humperdinck, Sonny King, Bobby Heenan, who was in the AWA, Jimmy Hart. Are they allowed to talk about this? This is all very fourth wall breaking and it's odd. Um, like, did you know? Like, this felt very weird. It was like, weird. Because they, they just start. Uh, first of all, JJ's completely out of character. Yeah, he's not being a heel. He's just, he's not being a heel. He's just shilling the magazine. Correct. And now he's, he's praising other, like, companies and stuff well, and their managers. Like, I. I don't know what this is. Outside of the AWA, which was Bobby Heenan, uh, WWS NWA territory still. I so get it's it. not that weird. It's just it's not that bad. It's of a just thing. odd to even talk about everyone else. It's like jarring that, now. You yeah. know what I mean? But probably back then it wasn't as odd. We're literally on the cusp of it actually being odd, though. Correct. By late eighty three. By, by later in eighty three. Yeah. That's correct. And uh, anyway, is this over? This is so long. So Barbara tries to wrap it up, but Dylan keeps talking, rambling on about George Napolitano now and Bill's father, Nate. Nat yeah, Apter. They, again, like I said, this gets, this gets very fourth wall, like very chummy industry talk going on. And very long, might yeah, I add. <laughs> it's, very, it's so weird. It's like, I like to thank all these people that you don't know. And J.J. Dillon's not exactly Mr. Charisma, Quinn. Yeah, exactly. The courage to go ahead and recognize me. And I would say one year from now, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we'd see Mr. Apter back here to once again present me with the award again as manager of the year because I've got that kind of momentum going for me. Well, congratulations, and thank you very much. You know, Bill Apter, one of the reasons that I've been so successful is I stay on top of everything, including all the magazines, who the reporters are. I know that Mr. Apter personally went to Japan this past year to cover a series of important matches. Uh, when I was in New York last year, he was very conspicuous, along with George Napolitano and all the other writers at Madison Square Garden and all the major arenas, trying to get in there first and get that, that exclusive story. And and I know that this man comes from a great wrestling family because I see his father not after at ringside. Finally fucking leaves, but he's also the manager for the next match, so he just walks over to the ring where <laughs> Raul Mata is taking on big nasty Angela Mosca, <laughs> who's wearing a football helmet because fuck you. Jumping around like a dork all proudly <laughs> with the helmet. It's good. Um, Fonzie. Guess what? The ref again. Mosca mm-hmm. with a big hairy body slam and a backbreaker for two. He beats the crap out of Mata as Dylan now wanders over to Gordon at the desk and uh, he's like all happy that Dusty's gone. Okay, so now he's a heel. Now he's a heel it's again. It's so funny. It's like it's literally like the switch flips. Yeah, like, well, it was like he was at a fucking retirement dinner before with this I seriously, speech. it sounded like they were about to hand a gold watch to somebody at like the wrestler's union. Right? Like, I, like 
it was ridiculous. I it's know. Like, and I love Bobby Heenan <laughs> yeah. and like all this shit. They're all great. They all do a great job. Bill, you do a good job. George Napolitano is good. It was, Your father, <laughs> Matt After is good. It was amazing. What are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, big punch by Mosca gets the win. Dylan then tosses him his football helmet and Mosca head puts Marta in the ass for fun. This was funny. It was funny. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. JJ then holds back Bill Alfonso so Mosca can do it more. But guess what? Ernie Ladd runs in with a chair. Weirdly not a heel. I, I always think of him as a heel outside of oh, WWF. I mean, yeah. Well, the, even in WWF, he's usually a heel until later. Yeah. Former football player. Is that why Quinn maybe this feud? Um, maybe versus two, Moscow, two Moscow. football men yeah. fighting each other. I like Ernie Ladd. I like I, both of these people. Yeah, actually. I, like, I like Moscow. I don't mind so. Moscow. No, he's fun. Uh, anyway, we go to break and we come back for an Australian tag team match. Which, can I reiterate, does not need to even be said by 1983. They really need to lay off this Australian tag shit. Can someone remind me of the, the difference yeah, again? I think it, isn't it like the tag ropes involved <laughs> or something? I never remember the very specific thing. All I know is it's just whatever a regular tag match is. I swear we've it's been... It's like s- one extra detail that just wasn't previously in the tag rules. I bet you, over the last four and a half years... We have probably been told by our fans at least a half a dozen times what yeah. that is, and we never remember. It's, so uh, to me, I, tell I, us I, again. Like, like I said, if I'm wrong, sorry, but yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it has something to do with the tag rope. I don't remember. Like there being a uh, tag rope. See, I thought we were going to get the fabulous kangaroos yeah, for no, an Australian no, no, tag no, no, match, no. but we don't. Yeah. Uh, first, we get Cowboy Ron Bass. That means it's a face. When he's cowboy, he's a face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rufus R. Jones. Okay, two two names that I know. Their opponents from. Ohio are Jerry Gray and the Destroyer. And the Destroyer looks like El Generico. Yeah, who is that? By like, the way, seriously, he looks exactly like him. Anyone know who that is? I don't. I didn't look him up. Uh, Bass is very proud here. By the mm-hmm. way, the short hair. I want to say I thought Jerry Gray. For I didn't get a good look at him, but he sort of from far away looked like the guy with the toupee. No, he didn't. Gray. His last name was Gray. It's a different guy. I'm just saying. Completely. It's very off-putting. Not at all the I same guy. I got scared. Guy. Totally different hair and everything. Um, so anyway, Bass starts with the Destroyer. Push up by Bass. By the way, Rufus R. Jones, we're told, is the Bahama Islands champion. Excuse me? Who the fuck else wrestles down in the Bahamas? Well, Rufus R. Jones, of course. Who does he wrestle? Um, You know, the, there's like a division down there. There is? It, you don't know their names. It's all jobbers. Oh, okay. They're, they're all competing for the... <laughs> they don't have a second superstar down there just yet. That's an awesome sounding title, though. The Bahama Islands champion. I would like to know... I like that one. You know, here's the thing is a lot of times when you look on Wikipedia... For some reason, whatever, I bet you that title is still technically active somehow. Folks, let us know the lineage of the Bahama Islands Championship. Um, I would like to be the Arthur Kill champion. You know what I mean? Just pick Arthur a, Kill. In Staten Island area. Uh, the, the, the landfill? Just pick. <laughs> fresh Kills? Just pick. No, not Fresh Kills. Arthur Kill. Just pick something random near you and call yourself the champion of that. You know what okay. I mean? That'd be fun. What would I be? The Route 130 Northbound champion. It's there you sure, go. Northbound. Northbound. <laughs> anyway. Tag to Rufus, fireman's carry into a wrist lock. Take a guess, by the way, who the referee is. I'll give you a second here. Um, Bill Alphonse. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Bass is back in. Single arm takedown into an arm bar. Jerry Gray tags into Bass's control. Tag to Rufus. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gordon gets a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> He's all. We hope you didn't hear the phone. Yeah, didn't hear the phone. Like, it's like we were very careful to not get the dial tone in the mic and like all. It's ridiculous. You hear him in the back. You're like, okay, thank you very much. Yeah, it's not even like anything. It's like two seconds. It's two seconds. Uh, Gordon's got a message though from uh, someone. I don't know who. That championship wrestling from Florida has just banned. Angelo Mosca's helmet. And I didn't know it was such a problem. I don't like, know. And Gordon's like, Mosca may not. 
and I repeat, may not take that helmet to ringside. Cool. Like, <laughs> it didn't seem like that big of a problem. He just kind of like, he was like horsing around with the guy yeah. at the end. It wasn't like aggressive. I or didn't anything. think so. Uh, oh, they certainly, they don't fuck around here. Uh, Bass with a body slam on Gray, who tags in the Destroyer, as Gordon calls the show <laughs> Championship Wrestling 83. Now, please don't encroach on the 83 cannon, Gordon. Thank you. Yeah, really. That that was a little much to like take ownership of yeah. 1983. This like, is that's what we do. We watch Championship Wrestling, the real one. The real one, yeah. yeah the what, north or, the they, northbound one. Yeah. What what is that? I don't now, know. No, this is Championship Wrestling 83. <laughs> Fuck you, other Championship Wrestling. <laughs> uh, by the way, Bass looks like Schneider from One Day at a Time with his hair and mustache. Anyway, <laughs> Rufus in now with some happy offense. Irish whip, clothesline, corner whip, tag to Bass. Irish whip by Bass, back elbow. Rufus back in with big shoulder blocks for the win. And Gordon quickly signs us off with adios, arrivederci, so long from the Sunshine State. And uh, until next week, adios, arrivederci, so long from the Sunshine State. Really with the three languages. <laughs> yeah, it's got to cover it all. Yeah. Um, we get credits now, and we see footage of the Mosca match randomly. Maybe they're trying to remind you, remember that football helmet, helmet yeah, shit? That's what it is, you're right, Quinn. Anyway, this was fun, perfectly acceptable to me. I liked it yeah, a lot. Yeah, it was fun, and it, it felt like an alternate Dimension 83, and I liked that. I'll tell you what. The television show is better than most episodes of I don't know about yeah. that. I mean, it's, yeah. Okay. The, the thing it has advantage is um, it's energetic. The, it has more angles. More angles, but more ma- storyline. Match wise, it's generally the same as Mat- the championship wrestling we're talking about. Match wise, is the same as the WWFs. So yeah. Right. I think I, it just has more angles. Is my is my and it has is Gordon. plus. Yeah. I like Vince. Pat's fine as a commentator. They really need over on. 83 canon they really need to find a better announcer than than the, pat and yeah yeah it's I know. terrible right now but this was great i like i said earlier quinn i could totally see if you're like a a southern person mm-hmm. uh, living down there in tampa or wherever and you get this i could totally see getting hooked into it I, oh yeah it's fun times honestly tightly produced imagine if w, stuff. The, the wwf championship wrestling from 83 joe yeah. imagine if it was like the it, like it's very similar to this right but imagine if it was just Gorilla by himself, like how it's Gordon by himself. I don't know. Gorilla by himself, though, is a little... I guess he's good, but Gordon's better by himself. I think it could be, like, as, as a weekly well, 45-minute show. I don't know. It wouldn't be that bad, actually. Well, folks, we hope you didn't think this was that bad. By the way, if you want to watch this, it's just available on YouTube. That's directly where we watch this from. You don't yeah. need to... Uh, this you know, one wasn't fancy. You know, it was very easy to find. So we hope you enjoyed it, folks, as we have wrapped up yet another week in the world of retro wrestling. Thank you so much for being with us. Just a couple of quick reminders. If you want the extra stuff, you get that on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Also, if you don't mind leaving us a review on iTunes, you know, Apple Podcasts, we really would appreciate that. And obviously follow us on Twitter if you don't, at OVP podcast and join the group to talk about wrestling. But until next week, until next time, I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. Adios, Rivadurci, and so long. See ya. Oh, yeah. My horse's name is Dos Diablo. And I'm the Midnight Rider. My home, Diablos Canyon, Colorado. I'm gonna ride it to your hearts, your souls, and your minds, and all my little buckaroos gonna remember the name of the Midnight Rider. Coming to your area, 
is the greatest attraction wrestling has ever seen. I fear no man. I fear no land because living alone sometimes makes a man wise. The Midnight Rider. I've got one more silver dollar, babies. And I won't leave you with this. It's awful easy, children, to run with the crowd. But it takes a damn few good cowboys to make a man feel proud. Will you stop? stop.